Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast. Who do you think you are? I am! An Iowa rugby podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do! With your host, Mr. Gray. Big meaty man slapping me. And Philly V. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds! Brought to you by Rotor Epoxy. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Rotor Epoxy, the premier epoxy company in Iowa. You need your floors looking good, you need to redo the entire shop, the locker room floor, the fire station, the man cave, those are the guys to call. There's an infinite amount of floors that you would possibly mess with here. So whatever you need done, they can do some wicked ass designs for you. Whatever you got going on, just get it done, get a hold of them, let's do it. Infinite designs, 100% satisfaction. Rotor Epoxy, find them online now. So there I was, episode 65 after a three-week yeah, break. We're back. We're back, baby. Yeah. yeah, no, it was just one of those things where we were going hard. We're going we going hard in the paint. We had some cool plans, and uh, life happened. And yeah, it's just a lot of stuff that just going on, and, you know, we're like, you know what? We can do whatever we want. Yeah. If we need to take a week or two off, we can do that. Yeah, and we know we have a lot of stuff we want to cover, and thank you for people who reached out and checked on a like a, a welfare check. We are doing okay. <laughs> Nobody checked on me. Oh, <laughs> just go with it, dude. I, I, po- I post on social media, though, like sometimes, so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I post all the time. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> but you know, it's just one of those things where uh, we didn't even talk about it. It was just kind of one of those things. Just life happened. We needed a break, and now we're back, and so yeah. we're good. Philly V and I did not break up. We still love each other. We do. Yeah. Even though we might not act like it down, you know, when we were on our recent trip. And, you know, it. I saw this quote by Kanye and, and it made me think, you know, if I was in a pair of short shorts and a, and a real tight shirt and I'm just sweating hard, working up a sweat and I'm out in the middle of a field in Nashville and I'm running around tackling random people, you would say, that guy's crazy. But you have 300 people there all doing the same thing. You call it Nash Bash. <laughs> all right, that was for you, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> that turned out pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, no. No, but no. Nash Bash, yeah. No, that was fun. We had a lot of uh, plans to do some stuff, and they kind of fell through a little bit because we got distracted. Well, that was what was funny is I had a whole script for episode 65. We had a 10-hour car drive. Yep. Ridgeway, Andrew Ridgeway, Philly V, myself... And Lucas Pally, and I had the mobile microphone ready to go, and I'm like, Phil, here's a script. We we're gonna call some people, but like in the car or in the truck, it, it was kind of loud. You would have heard like a whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. oh yeah, and that would have been annoying. And then I brought the microphone to the field. I was gonna interview people. Like we saw, you know, Katie Weber. Yeah, we saw yeah. Emily Dearden. Uh, we saw Emma. Um, she just got married, so I don't know her new last name, but, you know, we, we saw the University of Iowa women's team there, Katie Brandt, former player of mine, um, we saw a bunch of friends from other clubs, I'm trying to think, there's so many people I wanted to interview people, but then it was like, you know what, 
we're down here to enjoy Nash Bash. It was like a vacation. So it was, and it was yeah. like you know what, like experience Nash Bash yourself. Check it out. Shout out to those clubs we talked to, we hung out with, we partied with. Also, the first night we were there, uh, we partied very, <laughs> way too hard, <laughs> very hard. We had a lot of fun. There was a like torrential downpour. Like we, oh my gosh, this was so ridiculous. So we say in our car. And in our group that got dinner, Philly V, you're the man in charge. Everything runs through you. Which, if you know Phil, you are the most indecisive person I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, you're very happy-go-lucky, go with the flow, so we put you in charge. And so every time we'd be like, but I'm responsible for the flow of the night, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> and we're all like, oh, someone's like, I have to go to the bathroom. Phil, can we stop? And you're like, oh, yeah, do what you want. And we're like, no, Phil, you have to say yes or no. And you're like, oh, okay. So, you know, we go out, we get some sliders. We didn't even get Nashville hot chicken. Yeah. We no. got, because all those restaurants were just packed. So then we're at this, like, close bar because it was going to start raining. And then Phil makes the call, hey, we're going to go meet up with the rest of the team. And we get in an Uber and we go down to, was it Broadway? I think it was on Broadway, yeah. And it starts to rain harder. Like, we're like, yeah let's, downpour. yeah, let's get an Uber. And when we get out of the Uber was the hardest it rained. And so when we got into this place... Uh, we're all just soaked. Yeah. Just all, and then like, we're all done. When we get back to the hotel, we put our like wet clothes into our bags and now all of our <laughs> other clothes are ruined for the weekend. And it was just, yeah, we had a lot of fun. We have a lot of stories we can't share. Yeah. Also, if you give a cover band money to play a song on Broadway and you ask for John Prine, they're going to say, we don't know John Prine. And then they won't, they'll keep your money and they won't play it. And then if you give them a thumbs down, they'll kick you out of the bar. <laughs> Are you really still mad about this? <laughs> I just think it's funny. The dude was so upset with a thumbs down. <laughs> That's what we decided on this trip. A thumbs down is more offensive than the middle finger. We did talk about that on the car ride. Just like... In traffic. It, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's not like I'm, I'm not mad at you. I'm disappointed <laughs> in your driving abilities. Yes. Oh, man. Speak, so Speaking of the drive, though, it was just way random, but... Um, it was pretty wild that we didn't listen to music on the way down or on the way back. I feel like that might be why, too, we didn't record a podcast for three weeks. So all we did was talk. We yeah. talked for 20 hours. Yeah. And it, it was, great conversations. It was fun, yeah. And, and private. We don't need to share it with I, the I'm world. Not trying to share it. I yeah. Mean, we just had, let them know. Exactly. No, that was really cool. Like, yeah. the power of friendship. And that's why rugby's awesome. Road trips are awesome. Like, to just be with the boys for a weekend, mm. share silly stories. I feel like, too... We all were you and I guys, then Lucas is an Iowa State guy who's younger than us. Mm -hmm. And like I just feel like we really bonded with him over the weekend too, yeah. because like he's a guy on the Wombats. We're friends with him, but now I feel like we're so much closer because it's like you spend twenty hours in a car. Yeah. And then also we played some very, very difficult rugby matches. Not because the opponents were crazy good, but because of our choices. Mm -hmm. Also, shout out to all the other clubs in Iowa. Who sent players? Bremer County, Des Moines Rugby, um, Iowa Northeast City, Iowa. Northeast Iowa. You know, it was so cool to have. I mean, it almost was like an Iowa Select side because Cedar we had Rapids. Cedar Rapids. Yeah, I think I said them, but uh, double yeah. shout out. Double, yeah. No, and, and like, oh, Iowa Central. We I had some Central, boys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were. It was just so much fun. If you haven't gone to Nash Bash, go. It's a great experience. You'll have fun. Um, but yeah, sorry we, we've been absent, but it, it really did not take a toll on us, but like, no. uh, I feel like when we got back too, it was just kind of like, 
needed a little break, you know, and we had plans to record. And like we said, it was vacation. Yeah. We we got there and we're like, we want to live in the moment. We don't want to mess is, with that. And this is our podcast. We can do what we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> snap to it. That was good. And you know, speaking of doing what we want, I want you, if you're a high school boys rugby player, to sign up for the Iowa High School Selects on April 23rd at 10 a.m. in Bondurant at the middle school. They're going to have a select side tryout for Iowa high school players. They're looking for sevens. They're looking for 15s. They're going to have a U16 team and uh, like a U19 team, basically, if you're a senior. Mm -hmm. So senior all the way down to like, I think, eighth grade even would be eligible. Um, Go to Bondurant. Sign up for this. It's $20. You have some of the best coaches in Iowa. You know, Casey Hansen is connected to Rebel Rugby like there's high performance opportunities. Mm. Put your name in the hat. Learn from some of the best. Play over the summer in the Bloodfest Sevens in Austin, Texas, on June 16th and 17th. And you also, Casey was telling me too. It doesn't even say this here. They're gonna look to go to. Oh no, it does say it there. Uh, the Premier Rugby Sevens tournament that the pros play in in Austin, Texas. That'd be cool. There, there's multiple things that they're doing over the summer. It's an amazing experience. Everyone I know who's ever done it, uh, they come out with great exposure and experience. And then, like, a kid from Fort Dodge, one of Tom's guys, um, well, I'm blanking on his name, I think Oren. Oh, yeah, and I think I just saw that he signed with Iowa Central as you well. You did see. Oren, yeah. I think, is his yeah, name. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, and he's going to Iowa Central, and he killed it down at Tropical 7. So mm-hmm. uh, go to Iowa, Slex, sign up. If you're a high school coach, please share this with your guys. Mm. You know, the first tryout, I think, was over in Waverly or yeah, Iowa City. It, might, it was somewhere yeah, east. Was in this is area. in central Iowa. Go. They, yeah. I mean, it'd be so sweet if 100 kids were there. It'd be sweet if every kid who plays high school rugby was there. Make the player pool huge. Make the coaches have to make a difficult decision. Mm. Um, and it's only going to make our sport better for the high school kids. And then going into college... It'll make them even more better. Uh, speaking of college, college yeah. uh, NCR, they wrote a letter to, and it's an open letter, about the impasse with USA Rugby. So pretty much USA Rugby, or sorry, NCR, National Collegiate Rugby, they released an open letter to the members about the relationship with USA Rugby. You can go and read it yourself. It's very insightful, and it really is just an honest look at what is NCR's goals, how they've interacted with USA Rugby in the past, and at the end, they actually talk about they want a positive working relationship with USA Rugby because NCR knows that if they work together, it'll improve the game for everyone, it'll make our national team better, it'll be a better use of funding, Uh, it's just going to be a better experience for everyone, but again, both sides have to come to an agreement we're not going to get into all the details because, again, we have three weeks of stuff we got to get through. And we have three interviews today. So, really cool what they said. But basically, they got burned by USA Rugby. Uh, NCR used to be the small college organization. USA Rugby basically, they're like, oh, we'll work with you, NCR. But we're going to charge your players double because they have to pay your fee and our fee. The weird rules with sanctioning and referees. USA Rugby basically is putting barriers everywhere to try to have a monopoly on everything. When we talked to Brad Dufek, 
NCR has great ideas to grow the game, especially at the collegiate level. Brad told us how NCR saw USA Rugby wasn't helping call the college game. So NCR is like, we'll do it. Not just small college, all college. Mm-hmm. USA Rugby is like, whoa, that's our turf. Instead of making things better, they tried to put up walls and block people out. Instead of like removing barriers and making things easier where people can work together, they're like, no, we want to hoard everything, whatever. I'm paraphrasing. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. You can read it yourself, but it is very interesting, especially if you are interested in the college game. Speaking of the college game, we got something <laughs> big coming up. Oh, yeah. The biggest tournament probably in the, uh, I don't want to say world, but it's essentially like biggest college tournament in the world. Yeah, so. and there was actually a post on social media how the CRC sparked a huge national exposure growth. Mm-hmm. for college rugby because like 10 years ago they put it together they got it on tv on nbc and they, they just things too yeah, i and, watched it on nbc right and they yeah. decided to make it seven so it was fast paced you would see multiple schools it was awesome mm-hmm. and basically they talked about how this tournament has made college rugby more visible it's mm-hmm. making other athletes from like football want to try it and it's becoming a huge huge uh thing for the college landscape and like it's looked at by many people as the Sevens National Championship. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, if we look in the men's division, so Wayne State is the only college, Wayne State of Nebraska, Wayne, Nebraska, they're the only close college right now who's qualified. But this weekend, the University of Northern Iowa men's team is going to the Great Midwest Tournament, where there's 12 teams competing for a spot in the tournament. Um Tough clubs there, yep. really tough clubs. I mean, you're looking at, um, they have, let's see here, you know, some of the people we always are familiar with, you know, Whitewater, Milwaukee, Marquette, uh, Duluth, but they also have Loyola, Miami of Ohio, mm-hmm. DePaul, Northern Michigan, Milwaukee. I feel like I didn't see Principia on that list. Though. No, you didn't yeah. because they're yeah they're they're doing something else. Huh. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, yeah. I think you and I is going to qualify for I the tournament so, here. I think they're, they're that's this Saturday, so tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we see them. But the coolest part of this whole thing is the women's side. Yeah, the Premier Cup. A lot of familiar teams on there. Iowa State women, the University of Northern Iowa. And Iowa. Mm-hmm. So all three major Iowa schools are in there. Loaded with Iowa Youth Rugby Association talent. And then also Aquinas Rugby. From Grand Rapids, Michigan. Who has three players from Iowa. One from Ankeny. Two from Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. And they're doing awesome. So yeah, it's awesome to see. We, we have, you know, a huge... And like, Virginia Tech, I think... Uh, might win the whole thing. I've been watching scores. Michigan yep. is another one that's pretty good, but yep. I think Iowa just beat Michigan. You got Army, Texas A&M, Southern Nazarene. We were familiar with them with 15s. Mm-hmm. Penn State is another favorite. Uh, Cootstown, Michigan State, Montana State, Indiana, Brown. Wow. Yes. And that, that field's not even final yet. But the fact that we have three yes. Iowa schools, three for three, and then we also have Aquinas with Iowa um, players as well i can't wait to watch this tournament it's on april 28th 28th through the 30th 30th where's it at 
Um, it's in Houston as well. Or no, Washington, D.C. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, Washington, D.C. So uh, definitely keep your eyes open for that. I think that's going to be streaming somewhere. I think there's going to be a ton of stuff that we're going to yeah, be able to watch. Well, last time they did YouTube, and I'm assuming they're probably going to have a YouTube deal set up again. Yeah. So, oh, and that might be through the Rugby Network too. So, a, yeah, I would assume maybe they'd have both, but I would probably say you're going to have a safe bet going with YouTube. Yeah, so. and so we're going to try to get all those coaches on and, and talk to some players too. Again, i got to stop stop promising so much. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, we, we made some... Made some promises that we haven't quite followed up on, but <laughs> okay, we're gonna do nothing. Be surprised. Be surprised, surprised when we do something. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. And then uh, also talking about the college game, National huge. Not only could the U and I men make the CRC this weekend, Iowa State men's rugby is competing in the D one AA USA Rugby Final Four. If they beat Sam Houston State, and it's the first time they've ever been in the Final Four, if they beat Sam Houston State, they have a chance to go for a national title. That'd be so awesome. It'd be amazing. They have that weird split season, but it sounds like they're ready to go. And I think there's one person that we need to talk to. Who could that possibly be? Friend of the program. Number one B-Side Boys fan. He texts me <laughs> a lot of times when like episodes drop, and he'll call me out on stuff. One one of one of our day one guys. He keeps you humble. Yes, he does. Ant Frying, head coach. Let's go hear from him. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, and we are here with the head coach of the Iowa State men's rugby team, Ant Frying. Ant, how you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? You know? Can't complain. I didn't yeah. wake up at 4.45 to travel today. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> Dude, that's so crazy I picked that exact time. That's wild. I know. Wild. <laughs> no, but you're on the road. Uh, tell everybody why we decided after our three-week hiatus, you're the first person we called. What's going on in your life? Well, uh, since you guys went to Nash Bash and uh, had to take a brief hiatus, uh, <laughs> in that time we took on Minnesota in the... Uh, continuation of the heart of america tournament to win the heart of america championship up there and we have turned around and we are in houston currently for the final four this saturday at 3 p.m against sam houston state nice and i just want to say you know all jokes aside from starting off congratulations that was something we wanted to talk to you before the minnesota match we read the write-up on it it sounded like a very intense match there was uh some injuries some uh subs that came on that might have got carded immediately but you guys battled through you you made it happen you know they always say it's hard to beat a team three times in a season and i've never heard someone say it's even harder to beat someone three times in the season with a five-month layoff in between (laughs) so from your point of view what was that like playing minnesota for the third time you've had to retool your roster you had some like you had some guys leave because of graduation you had a guy come back like 
walk us through like what is that like as a coach to try to prepare your team and get back into the good vibes and the the flow because you guys were cooking at the end of fall how do you get them you know prepped for a national tournament with very you know few chances to be outside yeah I think that was the big thing you hit it right on the head there it was just you know keeping the guys focused we were when we beat Arkansas and Des Moines I don't think there is a team hotter than us in the Mm -hmm. country and then you know you go into holidays and sure sure enough you're back in the spring and then it's you know two months of indoor practices with no games I mean just keeping the guys focused on it was real really challenging but you know, we, we've got a veteran crew that knew that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, hats off to the guys. They did a really good job. You know, our training quarters indoors are about a 25-yard chunk of uh, football turf and then a wrestling room and the area around a boxing ring. So, I mean, we had to get creative, but mm. obviously the guys, you know, stuck the course and stayed motivated and, pulled it off against Minnesota and hats off to them. I mean, they, they gave us everything that we could handle in that match. Yeah. And I think too, you know, it's crazy because you guys pretty much ran through the conference. I mean, you had some tough matches. I expected that match to be played in Iowa state, but because of the weather, because of the rules of the SWAC, you guys actually had to go up to Minnesota to play that match. So, you know, you're in enemy territory, they get a home match and now you're playing against Sam Houston state in Houston is that something you guys kind of have a chip on your shoulder or just feel like you have to prep a little extra or do you kind of like going in there to somebody's home and you know kind of ruin the the homecoming ruin the day (laughs) see I I, with this group it's very nice they've always been a group that's kind of embraced that underdog mentality Mm -hmm. because they they kind of arrived a year earlier when this group was sophomores they you know at the first CRC we went to post-COVID they did very well, and it was kind of a year earlier than we thought this group would. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, the travel helps kind of keep that underdog chip on their shoulder. Yeah. And, yeah, no, they embrace it. Plus, you know, it's great. They're making memories that they'll have the rest of their life, you know, traveling with their best friends. And well, just, you know, and making getting out history. of Iowa. Right? Making history. Like, you guys, uh, this is the first time you've been in the Final Four and this is a huge opportunity to make it to a national title, win a national title. You know, it's something that I would say, you know, you have a proud history, but no club has gotten to this point at such a high level. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is huge as well. Um, I was also going to ask you, you know, you had a couple of guys, a few guys, um, a few of our favorites, friends of the program we had on <laughs> for interviews. You know, they're not able to play with the team because of graduation and life and things like that. Um, how has that been for those guys? I think I saw you said they're still around the program helping the boys to train and prep. Uh, what's been like, what's that been like for those guys? And can you give them a shout out? Yeah. So John Ivan and Jerry Johnson both graduated at semester. And I mean, you guys had John on Mm -hmm. John was our hooker, all conference caliber player. Same with uh, JJ. He was our all conference flanker. And in all honesty, probably our best player mm-hmm. in the fall. Match in, match out. Um, they, they've been great. I mean, when when I talked to them in the fall and kind of laid it out to them that, hey, the conference championship game is going to be played in the spring. You won't be eligible. Neither one of them really did the, oh, woe is me. Right. Um, 
you know, there was no help me understand how this is fair, anything like that. It was, all right, well, let's win this game and then we'll see what the future has. And, you know, when we're indoors and it's limited space, we've got to take advantage of what space we have. So sometimes we're not all together. So having those two guys who know what the expectations are, they they know what the standard for everything is. And to have them take guys, whether it's, you know, brand new players or players in their, you know, former positional groups, it's it's been a huge help. Yeah, I think that's that's really cool to see. Like those guys, they knew what it was like and then kinda almost getting that coaching experience and having that leadership oh, yeah, quality. I think definitely. that really speaks to again we talk about with you every time the culture you're building and now it's not even we're talking about it we're seeing it in action you know the fact that they knew what was going to happen they they believed in the caliber of this team and then they're still right there with you guys to like hey they're a part of this so i mean you guys finish this thing off they better be getting um championship rings too you know when you guys (laughs) put the banner in the rafter (laughs) <laughs> don't you worry about that one but you know we're, we're going to take it one game at a time and uh, you know they they really it's really impressive because I mean all three of us you know played college ball graduated started a job and mm-hmm. you kind of look up and oh shoot it's been a year and I haven't been you know back around my friends from college but I mean these guys were in a gym till midnight two times a week working with guys both of them living in Des Moines, driving up, driving back, going to work the next day. I mean, they're, they're just great young men. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really thankful for the work they do. And, you know, everyone that does the work that doesn't always get the credit and, you know, the publicity. Mm-hmm. You you talked about how this is the first time we made it to a Final Four. Uh, you know, we've been talking with the guys like, hey, it's not just you that got us there. It's mm-hmm. everyone that came before. And I think really the last week they've started understanding that oh yeah a culmination of the history like the entire club and i think you know i think back to the summer when you guys had your your hall of fame induction and seeing all the old boys seeing guys from just this past generation all the way to the first generations of ruggers um it's building you know and and this is the culmination of not just 23 guys but a history of 23 year after year after year after year so no i that's why i really wanted to give those guys a shout out because they're in such a unique position and and also too are are they playing anywhere in the fall do they need a spot because the wombats are looking uh, for a new hooker selfless. wait a minute oh, i thought you wanted to be a flanker uh, uh, <laughs> uh tim moppin has actually got them in a ah. lot of our recent alumni out to des moines so you know they gave us a warm-up match before minnesota and you know, a, a certain uh, grumpy second rower may or may not have made a rehab start in that game. And, you know, shout out to Des Moines as well. I know they're your guys' crosstown rivals, but that's hey, we're friends. We're, hey, we're, we're yeah, friends. We're friends. Don't, 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 don't be making any <laughs> false narratives. We're friends with them. <laughs> no, but, that, you know, they, they prepped us really well for Minnesota and gave us a springboard on very short notice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wouldn't be possible without them. Oh, yeah. No, and, like, that's the biggest thing. Like, we want to see them keep playing. I mean, granted, we'd want to see them in the teal, the Wombats, whatever. But, no, that's great to see those guys keep playing and then hopefully see them coaching. You know, you got Aiden Lewis. He's coaching Ames. He's doing a fantastic job there. That's been really cool to see. He's got some great athletes, and the kids are loving it. Uh, They're 
once they get some more depth, those wins are going to start coming. And again, you can see the Iowa State influence on that Ames team, not just because they're wearing old Iowa State jerseys, but also <laughs> just because of the way they play, the culture they're building. Really cool to see what he's doing while also prepping for a Final Four. So another shout yeah, out to him. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. That- that kid works as hard as anyone, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, sometimes I want to yell at him. Sometimes I want to hug him, but the <laughs> kid works as hard as anyone. And, you know, he's doing great things there. His dad is doing incredible things at Bondurant. He's another old boy. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Sanderson at Ankeny who might have the best team in the state this year with a bunch of future cyclones on that team. I mean, it, it's really cool seeing the last couple years, the alumni really, Old alumni come out of the woodworks and support the club, and new alumni really kind of bear, you know, what it means to be an Iowa State alumni, and I, I think that's really propelled us to where we're at, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this weekend. And it does; it, it fuels, you know, the high school league, which will fuel the fuel the college teams. I mean, it just it, it's just a big circle that feeds into itself. That's going to keep building and building and building, mm-hmm. and, and I think we're seeing. You know, Iowa State turn a corner with that, and it's it's been awesome to see. And, you know, I'm looking forward to this match, and I see we can watch it uh, on YouTube. Yeah, and so definitely going to be checking that out. Again, 3 p.m. this Saturday. I love, too, how they are like, hey, admission is free, but parking is $12.50. Now that is an awesome gimmick. Like, if, if the Wombats ever try to, like, make a little extra money, we're going to be like, hey, guys, games are always free. Parking, $50 a spot. Like, man, what a what a scam, but good for them. Um, Still, like, not... Twelve fifty for essentially admissions, not too bad. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. So, what do you got the boys doing tonight, prepping um, before you guys get ready for the game? So we had so we got in around noon today, grabbed some lunch, did a nice little recovery in the pool, and then we had about an hour and a half team meeting, just really driving home the game plan for this weekend. Um, right now, I know they're all. Uh, down the street getting dinner together nice um and then tomorrow (laughs) tomorrow will be a heavy prep day for us um but we're gonna mix in something fun they're gonna go see the space museum because we've got a bunch of aerospace engineers on the team that (laughs) bunch of nerds (laughs) (laughs) you know we would probably want to go see canton or something like that that (laughs) this is their canton that they can go see. <laughs> so actually that reminds me before we called you and Phil's like who are they playing I'm like Sam Houston State and Phil goes never heard of them <laughs> can you name an alumni NFL player from Sam Houston State can you name one was Devin Aroma Shadu from Sam Houston State oh, Bears legend let me, or was he Abilene Christian I don't think he's Sam Houston State I think him or Johnny Knox. One of them's Abilene Christian. I think the other one's Sam Houston State. So Johnny Knox, I know is Abilene Christian. Uh, Aroma Shadu, he went to Auburn. Oh wow! Okay. Now you guys look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Rhett oh, Bomar. Ooh, oh that's a name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picked him up in Madden in one of our leagues in college, and I was trying to make Rhett Bomar like a fifty-six overall my starter, and um. It didn't work, but I always remember seeing Sam Houston State. Like, so anytime I see him, I just think Rhett Bomar, a former top college quarterback prospect who did not live up to the hype, and I think he partied too much and his career fell off a cliff, but always root for a guy named Rhett. 
Yeah, you're either a country music uh, singer or a quarterback with oh, that name. A failed quarterback. Failed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I actually, and I when I was in that league, I actually went to eBay and uh, bought a Rhett Bomar jersey patch, like trading card, for like a dollar fifty. <laughs> Well, it looks like Kobe's got a college fund uh, with the proceeds from that. <laughs> Waiting for Rhett to come back in the XFL at 37 years old. <laughs> He's still in his prime. He, he hasn't even begun to peak. Uh, so, Ant, I, I kind of want to like keep talking here about the, the one thing that I keep thinking about with this tournament. And I know we've talked about it before. It's so difficult and I didn't want to talk about it earlier because I wanted to know more about your team. But now, thinking of like USA Rugby, NCR, uh, the CRC's coming up. That's something we're going to talk about too. I mean, are you frustrated at all with the split season? Um, but I also don't want you to like talk bad about a league that you're currently in. But I mean, openly, honestly, like, do you wish they would get it done in the fall like NCR does? Or is it... I don't know. It's just something that I've never liked because when I played with Bremer, Phil played with Bremer, we would do the same thing for men's league. Yeah. We'd we'd win the conference in the fall, then we'd have four months off, and like in a men's team, the roster completely changed. We'd lose some guys. We'd try to bring guys on, but like there was rules of how you could bring people on, and it just never felt like you're at the same level or just continuity was hard to find. And and I just never liked that split season. And then I feel like. The Western teams and the Southern teams, you know, they start in January. They play their whole league, and they're primed and ready to go. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is that something you wish they would change? Is that something you you look across to see if the grass is greener? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's very, very good people on both sides of the aisle. Oh, yeah. When it comes to this issue, um, and I hope, I hope no one misconstrues that. I mean, I've got friends on the USA rugby side and friends on the NCR side. And that's why I was like, kind of like weird asking this. Cause, cause again, like I don't, I don't mean any offense to anyone, but thinking of where we are, we, you only had a couple weeks outside. If that, you know, finally it's nice. Practice twice at the SWAC. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm guessing Sam Houston state was like, Hey, season starts in January. Let's go. You know what I mean? And they're, they're ready to go. That's the issue at the crux of it is Mm -hmm. geographically the United States is such a big country compared to every, you know, other rugby playing country in the world for Mm -hmm. the most part. And and that's where the issue lies is of the country and specifically Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, those states Mm -hmm. where the weather changes that second week of November and you're just inside until the last week of March, maybe. Yeah, if you're lucky. I mean, yeah. There's there's no real good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I I see both sides of it. Yeah. And for for us, we would rather train, you know, do the cardio, make the most out of the space we have, and go into you know have time to adjust the roster and go into a spring playoff. Then in the fall play a playoff match where we're not able to train basically because of the weather. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And, and, you know, the sevens, fifteens thing, this has been going on since we were in college. Yeah. I mean, I, I think sevens is the more marketable version of the game. Yeah. With that said, you know, 
we we tried to schedule some friendlies and there's you know i'm not going to name any colleges but in our geographic footprint that are struggling with numbers this spring and i can't help but think it's because you're basically telling your fight type five to go away mm-hmm. for the spring and that and that's just not good for anyone right so i mean it's a double-edged sword yeah and i mean because I, I agree with you, it's just tough. And I just wonder if you ever look at the CRC because I think that's marketed very well. Um, you know, they they call it the national championship of sevens. You have some great teams there, but you also see the premier names that are with USA Rugby aren't there. Mm. So it's kind of like one of those things where we have so many like multiple national champions. It'd be cool if we could all because NCR did put a letter out kind of like an olive branch saying like hey we've been burned by the usa rugby but we would like to work together because obviously that makes the game better for everyone and now it's kind of like balls in usa rugby's uh court so it's just like you know in a perfect world it'd be great to see all the geographic teams all together so then it wasn't split like are you d1aa usa rugby are you division two ncr like i don't know there's a better way to do it and I just hope we see that soon. But at the same time, you guys have a really good thing going for you. You have a solid conference with great opponents. You get quality matches week in, week out in the fall. And then now you're competing for a Final Four and a national championship. So, I mean, that's it's kind of one of those things like can't complain. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, I mean, your point on the CRC is more than valid. I mean, it has been since since its inception has been kind of the granddaddy of them all mm-hmm. you know because everyone's that premier bracket is the 32 best teams in the country there's no oh this team's d1a so they're automatically better than this d1 double a team or this d1 double a team's automatically better than this d2 team mm-hmm. you can always qualify for it and i i think that has some merit especially in the sevens where it's one weekend of travel where the financials don't play a huge role, you know, in the performance where a national 15s playoff, it's tough financially. Oh yeah. I think we were talking to Tim Oxenford, Iowa state alumni, Phil's yep. vote for the Iowa state hall of fame. Uh, he was talking <laughs> about that down with uh, Palm beach. I mean, they're a men's team. And he said just the amount of money they've had to spend in the last three years making runs in nationals, and they won the national title. What do you say? Like in three years, they had to spend or raise like fifty to a hundred grand or yeah, something. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. It was like that. Yeah, an it's insane It's got to be number. over a hundred because we're approaching fifty in the last calendar year. That's crazy. Yeah, and coaching high school kids, I keep seeing all these things like help us get to nationals, and I have all these kids that I've worked with. I'm running out of twenty dollar bills to send to everybody. <laughs> right? Like I want to donate to like. Iowa State, UNI, Iowa, men's, women's, Aquinas. Like, I, I want to see all these programs succeed. And it and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, like, it's a good problem it, to have. Yeah, it starts to add up a little but bit. But it, it really <laughs> yeah. does add up. So, I mean. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's the area where, you know, this is kind of a soapbox rant me and you have had. Oh, yeah. You know, over the years, Gray, is everyone says they want to grow the game. Mm. You can do it, you know, you can do it with your time or you can do it with your pocketbook. Someone like you, you give up enough of your time there. I think $10 here, $20 there is more than appreciated from you. But, you know, I, the state of Iowa has five to seven nationally relevant 
programs and mm-hmm. men's and women in college. Uh, All these people that said they wanted to grow the game, now now it's growing. Let's support it. Yes. Exactly. And you probably see that more than we do, just like having the fundraisers at Iowa State where you, you hear the talk and then you see who actually is there for you guys. And again, like, how can you support it? And like, that's where, too, it was funny you said pocketbook. I thought you were going to say podcast. Like, yeah, we started a podcast. Like, that's, <laughs> we're doing our part. We're doing our part. <laughs> we're talking about it. Give money to Ant and his program. Um, but no, like, it is one of those things. You can support the game in so many different ways. And I think for people who aren't financially able to do that, I think watching this YouTube link, we're going to share it. I guarantee the Iowa State Men's Rugby, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you guys will probably share it. That's another way to support it. Share it. Watch it. We'll be able to watch it right after our match. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, yeah, we'll put it on at the social. Yeah, perfect. So, if you want to watch the national championship and you're in Des Moines, Pally's Bar and Grill will have it on on the TV. Perfect. <laughs> nice. Now, and, you know, it's an easy way. It's an easy way. Something like that, you know, volunteer at your local high school to help coach. Mm-hmm. Things like that go a long way. A lot of our roster is guys from Iowa. Oh, yeah. That yeah. played for volunteer coaches that, you know, the, if you don't have the time, hopefully your pocketbook can support the growth or vice versa. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunities. And now is a crucial time for the state to support everyone because it's at a very good place and I would love to see it stay there for all of us, for Tyler, Kelsey, Megan, Brent, all, all of us Zeus. To stay there. Why'd you leave Zeus, Zeus out? Do you hate him? <laughs> well, no, I just pick you in the race. So I was <laughs> hoping he'd be faster than me there. Just like you're going to be faster than him at Toys for Tots. This I love it. I love it. <laughs> No, but you're 100% right, and I think, too, when we talk to, like, Ethan Pune from Rebel Rugby, like, some people, Brad Dufek uh, from NCR, now he's up at the Madison, or the Wisconsin Rugby Club, Uh, you know, people are respecting what we have collegiately and in the high school level in Iowa, and like you said, like, now is the time we need buy-in from those people who've been talking for years, now's the time to show up, whether it's, you know, touch judge, become a ref, become a coach, or just supporting it financially. Like, now's our time. We got to do it because it could disappear if we don't have that support. So, Ant, you're doing it. You're doing the work. And we love to see, especially like knowing you for the last decade, and to see you as a player from the Iowa High School League into Iowa State, becoming a coach, and getting this program to where it is. You know, can't say enough about what you're doing for those kids and the community and um, we'll be watching. We'll be rooting for you. And right, good um, luck. Yeah, we have a beer with your name on it. Uh, once you guys win, when you get back, <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. You know, you, you guys have been really good to our program for a very long time. Even though you know you guys are Panther alumni, <laughs> but you know <laughs> that that's what's great about this game and this state is we can kind of all put our allegiances aside and support it. And no, I really appreciate it guys. Definitely. And we'll probably call you soon about the upcoming games and good luck, man. We're, we're really excited. Yeah. Appreciate it guys. We'll talk soon. All right. See you brother. Love you. See you guys. Love you. When 
you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That was Ant Frying. Always love hearing from Ant. Good luck to the Iowa State boys this uh, coming weekend. We'll be rooting for them. And, yeah. Yeah, I love Ant. I love what he's doing there. But, come on, man. Like, we do, we, we talk about you all the time. You can't give us one of your graduating guys for Just the Wombats. <laughs> <laughs> no, all kidding aside. Love it. Love to see what he's doing. And I just love seeing college guys play in the men's game. Mm-hmm. And then it'd be cool, too, you know, Brandon Carnes drafted by Houston. Yep. Talking with uh, Lucas Pally, talking with Ant. Uh, sounds like, you know, he was coming back from an injury. He's still going through school. And the or Houston Sabercats were like, hey, get your degree. Finish up. We still have your contract. We still have you on, you know, the rights to you. Uh, go finish up your stuff. So Brandon Carnes is playing with Iowa State. Once he finishes up the season, boom, he's back in the MLR with the Houston Sabercats. Here's the thing. I think, you know, there's potential for more guys from Iowa State to go to Major League Rugby. Oh, yeah. Especially, you know, like having Brandon Carnes, it kind of creates another avenue for, you know, those guys to get looked at at least. Or yeah. the potential because it's like, oh, he came from Iowa State. What other talent do they possibly have here? Yeah, and like they're getting that respect nationally, and they're going to be seen. Oh, they're playing the national championship or the final four in Houston. Sabercats are right there. You don't think there's some dudes that are going to be keeping an eye on that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and so would love to see more guys in the MLR from Iowa, just the state in general. And, you know, a bunch of us on April 22nd, we have a match. The Wombats have a match against Fox Valley in Chicago. Mm -hmm. The Des Moines Rugby Club is playing against Chicago Blaze in Chicago. The next day, the Chicago Hounds have a match. A bunch of guys from Iowa, Des Moines, West Des Moines Wombats, wherever. Uh, Iowa City Ducks, I know they're planning on going. Like A bunch of people want to watch the Chicago Hounds, the Major League Rugby team of the Midwest. And we now have a connection, even more so, John Cullen, former Utah Warrior, yeah. warrior. I almost said raptor. I know, right? You want to know why? Kobe has all these dinosaur books. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a dinosaur named the Utahraptor, and it's spelled Utah Raptor. Utahraptor. So every <laughs> time I say Utah, I'm like, they should have been the, the Utah Raptors. Raptors. That Sorry, sense. dude. I read so many dinosaur books. Kobe <laughs> yes. makes me read. Dude, I've read more books since having Kobe than I've read in my whole life. <laughs> Granted, these have a lot more pictures, but right. <laughs> sorry. Off topic. Utah Warriors. USA Eagles, Utah Warriors, uh, takes a little break. He's in Des Moines, and now he's with the Hounds. Yeah. Weird how that all works. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear how Let's... it all worked. Yeah. Do you have his phone number? Yeah. Hold on. Just give me a minute. Call him up. Give him a ring. Ring, ring. All right, and joining us today on the show, we have the John Cullen. John, how you doing tonight? Yeah, very good. We just had an off day, some one-on-ones, and a little gym session. And I had to message you that I was going to be late because I was trying to find parking for my apartment in Chicago, which 
is a nightmare daily. <laughs> no, I can't imagine. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Um, speaking of like, how has that been actually? Because you just got linked up with Chicago just like a few weeks back. Now they hooked you up with an apartment and everything. Um. Yeah. So some some of the stuff I call it new MLR things that I'm getting <laughs> used to. That is now very normal um, for most teams which was a luxury slash unheard of in the first couple of years. But, um, yeah, they do a really good job getting everyone a uh, place to live, place to stay. Um, and they do either like a housing stipend or they – I think it's in the new stuff with the contracts in the league. They just – they they help out with living arrangements because obviously MLR salaries – do not cover cost of living in Chicago. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah, no. I, sorry, to, sorry to any of the young aspiring listeners right now, but <laughs> really motivational to get them there, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I yeah, I don't want to be. I'm not being. I'm not being negative. I, most MLR salaries don't cover living expenses for most cities. Yeah. No, that kind of like almost like answers like one of the questions I was planning on asking. Uh, later but like the difference between like when you were in the mlr earlier when you were playing with utah and then what it's like now with the hounds like what the differences are but you kind of already touched point on some of that stuff <laughs> i mean we can dive into it if if you want to oh just, yeah definitely um yeah the, i mean for me personally obviously some really really drastic differences only because, like, for my situation, you know, I, I lived in Utah. I was, you know, I essentially call it, like, my second home, right? Like, I went to school there. I lived there for better part of a decade. I had already had, already had my apartment. I had already had a job. So building my schedule and stuff around MLR and practice was just kind of a different thing. Whereas, uh, you know, obviously this situation, I was – coming into a team, coming into a team late. And, um, yeah, but I mean, the setup here is phenomenal. I mean, I, I would equate it to about where we got to in about year three or four with the Warriors. They are kind of starting at that level. So that's, nice. that's really exciting. Um, yeah, on, on the logistics side, that's, that's kind of, obviously, I mean, Guys are getting salary caps gone up a, a tiny bit. Guys are getting paid more. Um, teams are, you know, actively doing a better job on quality of life for the players and things like that. There's just more resources, so that's that's really good to see. And so, how did <clears throat> how did this come about, though? Like, how did they reach out to you to pull you into back into the MLR? Like what Out of retirement? <laughs> yeah, basically, what what did that look like? Um, so kind of a funny story. Technically, they never did. I have a buddy on the. I have a friend on the team. Was sitting in my office at work. Um, just, I was kind of just dinking around on the computer, getting you know, getting busy work done. I get a text message from Dakota Worth who plays out here for the Hounds. We're also uh, Army rugby teammates. Mm -hmm. And I get a text of, hey, 
you know, how you feeling? Like, how, <laughs> how do you, how, what, what would you think about playing again? Or, or I forget how he worded it. He basically was like, would you be interested in coming out and playing? And I screenshotted the question. Well, first I said, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then I screenshotted that conversation and immediately sent it to my wife with question mark. <laughs> Wait, I feel like you did that out of order. <laughs> yeah, right? As someone who's married, I feel like that's out of order. <laughs> did you leave the yes part out of the screenshot? <laughs> no, but I mean, he's a player, so I can say yes to him and then just be like, yes, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm old. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Send it to my wife, question mark. She's probably in hindsight made a horrendous mistake and said go for it <laughs> um credit to her she is an absolute rock star super mom right now with running a business and two kids oh, wow. solo thankfully we had already we've we made the move back up closer so i've got a lot of in-laws helping out but oh, yeah my wife is an absolute superstar she said yes. I reached out to another person I knew involved with the team. Was like, yeah, do they actually need someone? Like, is this worth getting excited about? And they, you know, for the position position I'm playing, there, there was a, a definite need um, and a lack of depth. Mm-hmm. Um, with obviously to. I don't know if it was to anyone's surprise, but to my surprise, for sure, if you've noticed the roster announcements the last couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then had a call with the GM, um, who was a former New York guy, so he, he had known who I was. Had a call with the head coach, Sam Harris, um, in the most polite Australian way. I'm sure he had no idea who I was. And yeah, basically a couple conversations. I undersold the hell out of myself and told him exactly where I was like physically, mentally, everything I wanted. Um, I didn't ask, I didn't ask for anything at all. I just said, listen, let me get out there. If I still got it, let's roll with it. If I don't, you know, send my ass home and I'll, you know, thanks for, thanks for the kit and <laughs> I'll drive, drive back to, to Parkersburg, you know, in a week or two. <laughs> and yeah, we got out there, got out here. Um, first training session, just kind of jumped, jumped right in, into the fold, went from there. Uh, we, we actually tried, which, I'm somewhat thankful we didn't because I probably definitely wasn't ready, but it, they tried to get it signed almost by the Dallas game, which Ooh, wow. I would have been here for three days. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that didn't happen. We fast paced it to get signed for that Seattle week because Sam wanted me on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, thanks to this Midwest weather. Lightning. Play. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, the the next week came in. I fully assumed, ready to be on the bench again. Because you know, I was like, yeah, you know, perfect world. You know, give me a couple games off the bench, right? Give me, you know, mm. <laughs> give me fifteen, you know, twenty twenty five minutes, whatever. Let me get back into it. Nope, I'm, I'm, to- I'm totally good with that, right? Like, yeah. again, I was like, 
zero expectations. I literally, I just want to play. I just want to get back into it. Like, there's no ego here. There's nothing. Like, mm-hmm. like, let me prove where I'm at. We come back in after the Seattle game. Uh, we're in a team meeting doing the team announcement. And, like, it hadn't, hadn't talked to me. hadn't said anything, right? Just team goes up on the screen, and I see my name at four, and I'm like, kind of <laughs> eyebrow, eyebrow popped. And I was like, um, well, okay. <laughs> Shit. Here we go. And yeah, right back, right back into the mix. Yeah, I, I actually watched that match um, from the other weekend. It was, it was fun. And you didn't look like you lost too much of a step or anything. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was, I was a little surprised to see that you were starting just because you know you just joined up with a team. But dude, that's awesome. And you're gonna be assuming starting this next weekend here. Or, um. Or are they yeah. Not yeah. I'm, or? Yeah. I'm starting this week as well. Yeah, cool. I don't think I'm giving out any crazy secrets. <laughs> San Diego is also the number one team in the league. I don't think they care if I'm starting or not. They're they're playing really well. Yeah, they they look good right now. Um, no, yeah, actually, I I just did our our team podcast and kind of spoke about it, and um, there, you know, I, I've I've played rugby for a long time and, and played at a high level, and obviously still being involved with coaching and, and things like that. So my mind's still on the game and mm-hmm. I'll jump, you know, I do drills and things like that. And obviously played, played a handful for Des Moines in, in the couple of years that I was down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and was kind of talking like, it's not really, you know, the catch pass or, or the physical ability or tackling or things like, like that's usually like the last stuff that goes, but like, you know, we're talking, micro nuances in the scrum little things with hand placement and footwork and line outs some like um some details in spacing in our shape details in spacing in our attack shape when to present yourself when you know the the little micro the day-to-day details that that's the stuff you lose quickly yeah um and you know yeah that's the things that's the little things i'm working on like Okay, you know, small footwork, big big footwork, big kick step, jump in the line out, chop your feet, sell the fake, things like that, that um, you just, I mean, you just don't drill it. Like, if you're not playing, you don't work on that stuff every day, you know what I mean? But, like, I can catch pass and play touch, and if someone's in front of me, I'm going to put a shoulder into them and things like that. Mm. So that part's all well and good, but there's the, the, the little, little details that um, – but you got to shake some of the rust off, and and there's been some good good and bad moments in the last two weeks. We just had a, a one-on-one breakdown, so going through some moments with co- with the coaches and stuff, and I was just like, I was like, yeah, I'm like, I don't, I would never let myself have the excuse like it's okay, but I'm like, yeah, this clearly this is a moment like I'm shaking off some rust, like I like. I lost a ball in contact against New England for the first time in a long time, like against a back. And I was yeah. like, oh, boy. I was like, that's that doesn't feel good. <laughs> I was like, I was like one-on-one with a 13. And this dude's like a psychopath at ripping the ball out. So he got like right inside my arm and ripped the ball out. And I was like, huh. Like, what just happened? <laughs> that hasn't happened in a while. All right. All right. You got, you still got a little things. You got some kinks to work out. 
Oh, yeah. It's kind of like that people say, like, welcome to the NFL, like, to the rookies. I mean, did you have kind of that what, – what was that moment for you, like, welcome back to professional rugby? Was there one specific moment where maybe you took a hit in practice or in a game or seeing your name in the starting lineup? Like, was there a moment where you're like, oh, shit, we're doing this. Like, this is – all right. Like, or are you still just kind of like, holy shit, this is happening really fast. Still hasn't really hit you yet. Um. Well, I sh- – I sh- yeah, I shared this story. So, walking, walking down, walking down the tunnel. I don't know if I had like an oh shit, like a physical moment or anything. Yeah. It's like anything that's happened. It's like a little mistake that you could make it, whether you've played for twenty years or one year. You know what I mean? Is mm-hmm. is the in game mistakes I've had, but more like walking down the tunnel. Um, in the Houston game, I actually got, I actually got really, really emotional. Um. And like you know, kind of had to hold hold back some waterworks mm-hmm. of like, hey, you're you're back. Like you got you got back. You're back on your own terms, and you get to play. You get to play again in you know the highest level that we can in the states. So yeah, walking down the tunnel, like just had that little moment. Like you know, stomach stomach came up a little bit. Uh, a couple allergies set in, and I was like, oh, shit, all right, hey, hold on, get it back together, all right, we got to play. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, I was going to ask, too, about, you know, Chicago being a new team, uh, new city, new fans, uh, a strong club presence in Chicago, a lot of, you know, from D1 down to D4, you saw in the Midwest Championships, Chicago is represented everywhere. How has the culture of Chicago been receptive to the new club? How like what's the feel compared to compared to other cities that you've played in? I mean, is the city backing it? Can you feel the energy? Uh, do you still want to see some more energy? What's that been like from your perspective? Yeah, I I think it's there. I think we just. I think we kind of got dealt a pretty brutal hand with the scheduling. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of looks good on paper, but then in practice, like five straight home games yeah, is actually not that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mind you, three of those home games in some brutal weather, legitimately one of the coldest games I've ever been involved with ever in that Dallas game. Yeah. Like, bitterly cold and you played in utah compared to utah compared to denver compared to Seattle, like seattle gets pretty cold in the winter time as well like a bitterly cold day to play rugby mm. and then we had a rain game and then we have a game cut short by lightning and i think it's kind of dealt us a tough hand not not to like a knock on the fans like they're showing up they're loud they're passionate they're getting mm-hmm. after it but you know i think if you like step back from it at like an executive logistics level, like it's really hard to pull off five home games in a row for Mm -hmm. a new team, especially that early in the season too, especially that early in the season in Chicago. Like it would have been nice to get away for two weeks. You know, you kind of let the fans miss you a little bit and Mm want to come back to a game. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm, I'm very intrigued and very excited to see what these last couple home games look like mm-hmm. compared to a bunch of home games in February and March in Chicago, which is just bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Not a recipe for success. Um, 
but yeah, you can tell. I mean, Chicago's, I mean, such a rugby community. I mean, people have seen the numbers for those All Blacks matches and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's no shortage of interest and support. Um, I think I think we just got dealt a rough hand with weather and timing. But I'm I'm very excited to see uh, what some of these crowds look like as as we just had. I mean, we just had I think a damn near 80 degree day today, so mm-hmm. it's looking like. We're on that back end of fake spring and actually in the real spring. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because I saw you guys You guys had the home opener had a higher attendance than the New England Free Jacks have had their entire existence. So, I yeah. mean, that's huge. And I know the Wombats were coming for the Week 10 game against NOLA on April 23rd. The Rep the City, those jerseys are sweet. I know Des Moines Rugby, I think they said they're going to be there too. A bunch yeah, of clubs we've talked to. Will be there. Oh yeah, so I mean that I think that match is going to be awesome against Nola. I think that's going to be a I really the, the, the family's coming out for that game too. So I'm okay. I'm ecstatic for that Nola game. Dude, you got a huge Iowa crowd. Holy! <laughs> and those jerseys are sick. Yeah. Like keep the black and red with the little pinstripes. Those are amazing. I say people love them. I think they're being auctioned off after the game or something like Ooh. that. I. I'm an outsider. I do. I like the city of Chicago. I just I have zero affiliation with any of the sports teams. So like to me, they just look cool. But I'm sure to like a Bulls or a White Sox fans, they're absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of, one of the two of us is a huge Chicago fan, almost all around. And I can give you a hint: it's not me. Yeah, uh, we just went to a Cubs game the other night. Um, Bryce, the captain, got to throw out the first pitch. Yeah, oh. I saw that. You guys are doing some. Are you guys doing some more, uh, like, community activity stuff because you guys did the Wrigley Field thing? And I thought I saw I'm, something else that was coming up. I'm sure they will. Um, they are they are functioning on an insanely short runway that they got this team off the ground and got guys in. I mean, if you think about it, right, hmm. our starting team, there's four of us, Three of us that weren't here until March. Wow! Like Bill, Billy Meeks got here a yeah. week, before, ten days before I did, mm-hmm. and then I got here, and we had another guy come in as well. That's why, too, Phil and I, when we keep watching the MLR, we're making our predictions, kind of like our failed YouTube series. <laughs> but like looking at the roster, the way it was built, I mean. It was so quick because it seemed like the news broke that Chicago was having a team. And then you're kind of like, okay, but who's the coach? Who are they going to have? And when we finally see who the guys were coming in, we're like, these are great players. And it just seems like things are going to click once people get more time together and kind of find that identity and people find their place in the continuity. Like, it seems like the pieces are there. It's just, yeah, you guys... I mean, you look at the NFL when they announce an expansion team, it's like two years in advance for like the Houston Texans way back when they did theirs where they could plan it out where this was, you had two months and the season started, which is insane. And I think, I don't know, these matches, it just, you see things clicking more and more. Is that a feeling that the guys have as well day in and day out? Like you're getting closer to kind of breaking through and seeing what you guys truly are. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think there was a lot of unnecessary, like, the outside pressure because because of the guys that they signed. 
mm-hmm. that a lot of people and what was crazy to me, like people like respectfully involved with the sport that were like, Oh, Chicago's gotta be like an immediate favorite. I'm like, mm, that's that's not quite how that works. Like mm, yeah. you we we have phenomenal players. We brought in great players. We brought in players from two, at the time, very successful teams, Mm -hmm. but very successful in very different ways. Like, Austin and L.A. were, you know, kind of as as connected as they were. They were very opposite of the product on the field. Mm. And they both won in their own ways, and they both had their own identities, uh, we've all, we've brought in guys from other clubs. Like if you if you count like myself and Basca, also from Utah, who had moments of very good success and things like that. So you've got guys, multiple guys from successful franchises, who probably early on it was like, okay, everyone has good ideas. Everyone has ideas that can work. We are now because of the short timeline, we have to use games and be in season to go through like our trial and error of what works mm-hmm. for the Chicago hounds. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what people are seeing. And, you know, it's a, it's a shared frustration with, with the boys as well, where it's like, yeah, we all know what we could and should do, but finding all those answers correctly, um, is is incredibly difficult, and and I think people there's too many assumptions that it would just happen, mm-hmm. and it's frustrating that it hasn't, of course. But it's also like, you know, that's that's just not how sports work. That's not how rugby. Yeah, works. right. Because I'll admit, I was one of those people. I, I was, was like, I was just gonna say that. Yeah. I was like, hey, Chicago, like they're they're players. They're too good to fail. But I mean, you're right. In that short timeline, finding the the new identity. Obviously, like we say this in education all the time, you're building the airplane while it's in the air. You know, like yeah. that's not that's, a that's successful what we're doing way. Right now. Yeah, that's not a successful way to do things, but you didn't have another choice. <laughs> yeah, that's we, where, we don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> we either we either keep building this bad boy or we grab some parachutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Like that's and but, but it's, it's like but, it's fun to watch week to week how you guys are progressing and and as a fan you can see it coming together more and more in a more complete 80 minutes week in and week out against like you've had a tough stretch of Seattle, Houston. We just played the three best teams or the four best teams in the competition. Yeah. And now San Diego this week. I mean, that's. Or, yeah. Sorry. We're, we're that we this week ends our four week stretch of the four best teams in the MLR yeah. <laughs> by, by a long way. Yes. Yeah. I will say like by a, by a stretch the four most quality teams we have in the competition. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're still having conversations about shape and, and things like that. And it's, yeah, no, nobody gives a shit when you're on the field, of course, like right. <laughs> nobody, nobody feels bad for you or anything, but it's, it's a shared frustration, but I also can't say enough. Like the group, it's a great group. Everyone is, is on like the, they're on the same trajectory. All the frustrations the same. And yeah, I mean, if someone just had the answer of like, Oh, this is how you make Chicago click. That'd be great. But sometimes you, you know, sometimes finding that answer is harder um, than other times. Definitely. Yep. Now, and 
I think, like I said, I think you guys are, you're getting closer. It is like yeah. a guess and check and seeing what works and keep building. But I want to kind of pivot a little bit because this is, you know, an Iowa <laughs> rugby podcast. You spent a couple years in Iowa. Your wife's from Iowa. Uh, we met you in Iowa and a lot of our listeners are from Iowa and uh, we have this perception that um, when Iowans hear about Iowa, um, we hype ourselves up more than anybody. Is that true from your experience as an outsider? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Do you no, have specific nobody, examples? <laughs> nobody loves Iowa like Iowa. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that one hundred percent. That's what we it tell is, our sponsors too. So that's how they keep coming. <laughs> it is. Viewing the world through corn-colored glasses like I've never experienced in my life. And I'm a Californian. Yeah. <laughs> and we think we're cooler than everybody. <laughs> That's oh. fair. Fair enough. So can you tell us, what was what was that like when you first moved to Iowa? What was, you know, your thoughts as you're coming into town? Um, you, you just finished up some rugby. Did you have any idea of rugby in Iowa? Um, what coming into Iowa? What did you know about the rugby scene in Iowa before you got here? Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, not much. I, I mean, I assumed, you know, when I moved to Des Moines, um, I knew they, I had known they had a club. Um, obviously, you know, we've had the three of us have had plenty of offline conversations about <laughs> all that type of stuff. Oh yeah, but um. Yeah, I knew I knew they had the club. I'd heard all the things, good, bad, and different about Des Moines. Um, I was probably when I first first got there. I was probably, probably still mentally not ready to get back in because my playing career with Utah had not ended the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like most of us, it was a few months there, getting stir crazy, um, and then kind of jumped in and took over that that sevens thing for the first summer mm-hmm. yep um and then uh shortly after that um took over coaching for des moines got you know got him moved up and all that stuff and, mm-hmm. and and would well would like to hope i played a part in getting to the club where it's at today um obviously there's a lot of people before me that that built that i just tried to try to put lipstick on the pig which is <laughs> the best iowa description of all time <laughs> um but yeah i wasn't familiar of obviously I, i'm i'm before leaving i was as deep into it as you know i could possibly be mm-hmm. between des moines and then uh, making the move um up to you and i and things like that and and being involved with the youth game and the college game as much as i could and you know, doing camps and clinics and, mm-hmm. and anything I, I, I could to give back to the sport. I obviously have my, I know the limitations. I have my very, very strong stance of what I wish we would do with our youth game, but mm-hmm. I know there's, you know, there's mountains to climb to get that done, but I'll probably never, ever change my mind on that. I'll just keep fighting for it. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I just, it, it saddens it saddens my heart as a tight five forward to think of the, all the tight five forwards we are missing out on. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it, it feels like we're trying to strive towards more 15s or at least forward friendly 
style of rugby play for high school guys. It's just a slower process, but it looks like it's getting there. Yeah, and I know like Casey Hansen and Iowa Slex, they're trying to do you know, the summer 15s program, but it's just, yep. we're fighting with so many other sports and we just have such a, a smaller population, but the kids are there because they are playing at a very high level. Like you saw some of our high school kids, uh, the college kids and like moving on to those select side things, like there's talent there and you see it in the high school league right now too. I mean, there's 300 pound linemen that come in for 90 seconds at a time who will run a really good crash, and it's like, all right, liability on defense. But, like, it, it's not their fault. They want to play rugby. Yeah. All right. we have in the spring is sevens. Just need more guys in the field. <laughs> yeah, so I think, yeah, we are getting there. And then they see, like, okay, Iowa Central, Iowa, Iowa State, you and I, like, they, those are all nationally respected programs in their divisions, um, in their conferences, you know. So I think that's huge if those guys stick it out. But, no, I, Phil and I, we talk about it, you know, being front row guys, I mean – we would love to see more 15s as well. And yeah. to go back to your point uh, about Des Moines leaving your marks there, you know, we had uh, President Nate Tisdale from Des Moines and Jacob Huskinson. Uh, and when they talked about you coming into their program, just the way, not even from like a, a technical standpoint, but just like a, uh, a mindset shift mm-hmm. of like how they yeah. identify themselves as a club and what they can truly accomplish. Like, I feel like you took down some walls for them to kind of open up their view on on how to run a club and how to push it forward. So I definitely, you know, you say you hope you made an impact. Uh, Phil and I both, we've seen it. We've heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still talk to Nate multiple times about ways our clubs can work together and push rugby forward in Des Moines and your voice is still in the things he says. Mm-hmm. So you definitely accomplished that even in that short time and, and just the confidence that that club has and to be, you know, six and two at a D two level after being D three for, for a couple decades almost, yeah. or however long it was. I mean, that, that came from you. So appreciate for what you did for, for locally at the grass grassroots level of club rugby. And then also, you know, being around for the camps and then helping you and I. And that's kind of the next question I was going to ask. How was your time with the UNI rugby teams? You know, I know you helped with the women's team, the men's team. What was that like getting down on that level? Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was definitely a change. Um, and, and I knew, I knew it was going to be, there's probably some aspects of it that were, um, more than I was expecting, but, um, I mean, obviously, just the 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 limitations outside of their control of you know a lot of these college club programs mm-hmm. is um, it can be very frustrating and and things like that. But it was good. Um, I'm I'm super passionate about the college game. Obviously, being a college football player and a college athlete, like it it holds a special place in my heart. You know, playing sports for your school and your university, like it's supposed to mean a lot. It's supposed to be special. It's supposed to be a big, you know, moment in your life that you look back on. Um, so I'm, I'm always very passionate about, you know, college sports. I'm, I would love to see the college game, you know, be that next level, um, as well as, you know, I'm sure you know a lot of these academies are going to pop up, and and how those are intertwined and work together. I'm 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 interested to see, but um, it was good. I mean, I, I like it up there. Obviously, 
just the differences between the men's and the women's program, mm. just where they're at and their trajectory, um, is very interesting to see from, from behind the lines. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed it. It was obviously a short time and it was just, mm. you know, preseason prep for sevens, which I just look at as a, unnecessary or a necessary evil to get through mm-hmm. <laughs> on, our, on our way on our way to the beautiful 15 season this yeah, fall yes. so <laughs> yeah. oh. when you... I, jo- I, jo- I joked with uh with megan and zeus before i left i was like i'm really sad to leave but i'm also really happy i don't have to coach sevens and <laughs> i can come back and help with 15s <laughs> Dude, uh so speaking of 15s though and coaching everything so when you are in the off season for Chicago, like once the MLR season is completed, um, you'll obviously be coming back to Parkersburg, right? Will you mm-hmm. uh, be getting involved with you and I though, like during the fall season at all? Do you think or? Yeah, most likely. If if um, if they want want me back, there's there's some conversations that I'll, I'll probably have um, with the coaches. Um, try to get a little more little more distinct outline on on my role um as potentially you know whatever happens here in the next couple of years you know re-signings and all that stuff mm-hmm. but if i'm gonna be in and out um I'm, all, I'm, I'm always very very cognizant and conscious of trying trying to bring a, a positive impact and and stick stick to my role as you know an assistant coach for both of those programs like Mm -hmm. i'm not a head coach it's not my program i don't you know i don't want to step on toes i don't want to come in overbearing i never want to come in and be the you know uh, i'm eagle mlr guy i know more than you everything i say is right Mm um i I much more want to see you know it's much easier to understand where a program's at and try to um, just make a positive impact on player development and some ideas and some, you know, there's probably some things that I'm stubborn about that I'm, that, you know, modernize a little bit of, of what the, the programs are doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But mostly I, I, I try to take more of a facilitating role and a support role to Zeus and Megan who, you know, they've, they've been in there for the long term. They've, they've done the dirty work and they've, they've been through it for years. Um, and, and, you know, you don't want to come off as, you know, disrespectful or acting like, you know, it all because it's like, yeah, I, I could, I could, I'm sure we could sit down and I probably know more X's and O's and the ins and outs of, of the sport just off of experience, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for you and I there's, there's a way, right? Like I tell that to teams and, and young coaches and young players all the time. Like there's the best, there's a way to do it. And there's the best way for you to do it. Mm. Oh, and like finding that. finding that is like really the art of coaching right because mm-hmm. you know you run into coaches it's like oh it's it's my way or we've got to run it this way i was like yeah, yeah but your players are really good at this yes they're not they're not that good at that and 
is just as successful if you if you lean into that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Wow. So there's there that and that's a big thing in in rugby I've noticed right because there I don't think there's any bigger copycats like everyone says football is a copycat sport rugby is the copycat sport everybody <laughs> does the same exact damn thing one three three one when the one three three one came to <laughs> Iowa everybody <laughs> went, ran the one three three one very poorly but that's all people could talk about and everyone thought we've got an edge we got the one three three one and everyone. We ran it very poorly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I got that was the first thing I got to Des Moines, and I asked him, and then I showed him how to run the one three three one easily, and they're like, "Oh, this is a lot better." I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. YouTube clips don't always help the most, but we try. You know, like <laughs> right. And, and that's that's a, that's a, it's a tough thing because I've I've been on teams. And I, this is kind of this is where sometimes the experience like comes into play, you know? Because I like I've been on teams where the one three three one didn't work mm-hmm. for X Y Z, and then on teams where it did work for X Y Z, and I've been on teams where the two four two worked for X Y Z and not right, and so on. Right? I, like my perfect system is the one three two two. Now you need a high level of rugby IQ to run that. I it's, you can't just go in and teach that to club rugby or college kids who they don't have the time to learn it. You know what I mean? So it'd be like, if I went and did that at Des Moines, it would have been the dumbest thing ever. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just finding, finding what works, you know, obviously, you know, I've, I've got some, some little tips and tricks and things here that, that helped help Des Moines do it well. Tim's, I think Tim will take that to the next level, especially with the back. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's just way to do it. You know, I say there's the one, three, three, one, but they're not all created equal. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, makes sense. and talking about the, the club rugby scene in Iowa, you know, was there anything that surprised you when you got to Iowa or like when you were coaching for Des Moines, just how, Iowa rugby operates differently from other places or the same or just the the play style or level of play was there anything that kind of you were surprised by um or found interesting (laughs) (laughs) interesting is the most PC word to put it sure um well I guess the funny side and as the shit I gave everyone was the the amount of complaining about (laughs) How easy our travel is blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, guys, we don't have a drive more than four hours. You have, I've got no time for you. I lived my entire life, you know, west of the Rockies. My shortest drive was eight hours to Denver for a, a game. So I've got, I've got no <laughs> about our drive to Kansas City. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ugh, but, that's a good point. <laughs> no, what what did surprise me genuinely is how many teams we had. That was, I was kind of shocked about that. Because um, like even even in Utah, like on paper we have a handful of teams, and we really only have one club team in all of Utah that competes in like a USA Rugby conference. Oh, wow. All the other teams are like Salt Lake County teams that just kind of play each other. Mm. So the amount of actual clubs we had, I was kind of 
kind of blown away. And then if you explode that into the entire Midwest, I was absolutely shocked at how many rugby clubs between Iowa, Wisconsin, and Illinois, how many rugby clubs there are, I I could not believe it. Then hmm. I was like, that's cool, because one, it, we can schedule teams that are close mm-hmm. for a nice, easy week, and we can schedule some of our bigger competitions, and you get to hit both and have easy travel weeks and a little bit longer, and teams come to you, and it's not a big deal. You know, you can pull off a, a last-minute game super easy, so I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. When I can when I can drive, you know, Chicago's a little bit further or whatever. So if you just draw like a five hour circle around Des Moines, mm-hmm. the amount of quality teams that we can go play, I was just like, this is just an opportunity. I was like, I'm telling you guys, this is an opportunity that nobody else has. No other area besides kind of California when the PRP was going has mm-hmm. this much high quality rugby so close like seattle we had to go we had to play all the canadian we had to drive up to vancouver every weekend that's really cool to hear because that's something i feel like we don't have that perspective because it's all we know you know same thing when you're out west that's all you knew and so yeah we do get spoiled when it's like oh man we gotta drive from des moines to cedar rapids an hour and a half yeah i'm like (laughs) give me a break (laughs) yeah and then like also too you know we have a full you know, six, seven, eight teams on the schedule. Every, like, we don't have to do anything for fall schedule. We don't have any preseason matches because we have a, you know, that window from 100 degrees in August to snowing in October. It's yeah. such a short window that, and you just have all these teams set. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something I feel like we take for granted yeah, until you honestly, said that. I've never, never thought really about thought of it that way. Yeah, either. Yeah, because I'm always thinking we need more clubs. We need to like boost some stuff up. Let's see an Ames men's club, a, a Fort Dodge men's club, where the colleges are at, and that's kind of cool to think like yeah. we're doing all right. Yeah, I, I'm probably on the other side. I'd say we have plenty of clubs. I'd, I'd love to see that clubs that exist have more numbers and have two or three mm. side. Mm. Um. I, I just lean on that. I'd love to see clubs having two or three sides over, you know, having another one kind of close. Like yeah. a bunch of single side teams where you're around that 28 to 20 yeah, guys you, per you, Yeah, on a good day, you maybe got 20 guys at training. I'm like, have two sides and have 30, 35 guys at training. The level that you get to play and practice at, it will go through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, like, with the way that all the colleges in Iowa, like, Iowa, Iowa State, you and I, Central College is picking things back up, and then Iowa Central and Fort Dodge. I mean, I feel like we're going to see more and more kids in Iowa looking for a men's club. So, I mean, I hope we see that soon because the high school league is kind of blowing up right now, too. Did did the way Iowa high school rugby works, did that kind of surprise you where – we do have sevens. It is growing. It's getting more and more popular. Um, was that interesting for you? Because everyone else does fifteens. Yeah, I, I I was I was left somewhat stunned, and I was just shocked from an as an outsider perspective. Right when I think of the state of Iowa. Mm-hmm. what type of human beings, what type of athletes are produced in the state of Iowa. And then I got there and I was like, oh, the high school kids only play sevens. I was, I've 
I mean, to this day, I've, I've, I mean, I've never held my words back. I've just been shocked because I'm like, you know, it's just more so out of jest, right? But I'm like, hey, you know, let's let's follow our 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 closest cousin there, football. I was like, uh, when when kids are recruited out of Iowa, what what position groups, what position groups do you go to the state of Iowa for? Yeah, corn fed boys. <laughs> it's not. It's not receiver and corner. <laughs> and I was just, I was just like, I, I make the same joke to everyone I talk to. I was like, so you're telling me, I can't take my fifth place state heavyweight wrestler and be like, hey, come here, bud. Let me show you. Let me show you a scrum. You're gonna love it. <laughs> you want to travel the world and punk people on a rugby field or you want to go pay a hundred thousand dollars to wrestle at Warburg. Let's, mm-hmm. let's come have a chat, but I can't have those conversations yet. Cause I had to show the kid a, a sevens field. <laughs> <laughs> and then they see all the sprinting and, and just yeah. every, everything involved with that. And they're like, wait, 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 where's, where's those big hits. And where's that slow methodical. <laughs> yeah. Pace here's a, here's a scrum. Here's a line out mall. Like you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that one that one shocked me for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll always I love to see the 15s game grow. I've I've had conversations with with Casey. I, I usually, anytime you know, some sort of select side all star whatever whenever it pops up, um, I, I'm I'm very appreciative that it, I'll, I'll usually get a text or call or, or a gauge of interest. And um, I've probably taken a hard stance in the last couple months from being there where i was like listen any anything with 15s i'm 100 percent in mm-hmm. a- anything with sevens i mean you, you guys you're fine you can do what you gotta do but i was like anything with 15s i'm 100 percent in like uh the the hawkettes last spring mm-hmm. yeah i was like yep 100 percent. let's do it done yep high school girls playing 15s before they get to college yes in I, when when we do that for the boys, a hundred percent in. Obviously, I was supposed to be in this this summer when we did it, but I like we just talked about. It, I got a very strange text message a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it might be a little busy. <laughs> we'll we'll excuse that. You know, we'll yeah. we'll allow it. You know, it's pretty pretty cool opportunity. <laughs> but I think too one of the funniest stories when we first met you, John, and I think Phil still. Is like I don't know if he's still embarrassed, but when you came oh, to Pally's and you were with your wife, we were having a watch party for the Wombats, and you know the <laughs> bar's not that many people in it. You know we we're looking around and we see this guy who he's got a he's got a good frame. He's got like I mean he's got a his wife's got a jersey huh, on. He looks like he'd be a good lock. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he could play second row. And we're all watching the game. We're like, you guys see this guy and and. Phil, like, we're like, hey, who's going to go talk to him and see if, if what he knows about rugby? And, you know, Phil, he draws the short straw. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll do it. And just walks up <laughs> to your wife like, hey, who do, you, who do you know who plays rugby? And she points to you like, uh, my husband. And I was like, oh, whoops. And then Phil being like, oh, who do you play for? Uh, the Eagles? <laughs> I think that is hilarious. That was pretty funny. An awesome well, way to be like, oh, hey, what's up? So, I- Yeah, we had just got there. Um, like, I had jumped on Facebook, and, like, between you guys and the Des Moines Facebook page, I was like, well, let me know. Mostly, I legitimately just liked both the pages, and mm-hmm. funny enough, 
I think I messaged someone for you guys first, and then I can, I'll throw them under the bus now because <laughs> I can. I messaged Body, <laughs> and I was just like, "Hey, you know, do you guys ever just play touch? You know, I just, you know, I just want to get her out, throw the ball around. Um, not, you know, don't really want to play. It's just if you know, you guys ever do touch on Thursdays or Saturday mornings or anything like that. Like, just want to go throw the ball around." Um. And I'll give him shit now because I know I now I know the truth because I ran the damn team. But Body was like, "Oh no, we don't really do that. Like we practice really seriously." <laughs> and I was like, "That's not what I asked. I asked if you guys play touch. I don't care how serious you practice. Like good, at the time, right? I was like, okay, good for you. Like Des Moines Rugby Club. Um, and you guys were the only ones who were like, oh yeah, Thursday. Like usually on Thursdays we play touch or Wednesdays whenever you, yeah. when you guys are mm-hmm. training. I'm like, oh sweet." And I saw you we're having the watch party. I was like, well, I don't know who else hell else in Des Moines would, you know, go watch an MLR game. And um, me and the wife just wanted a, a easy date. And I was like, all right, let's go watch a game and have some beers. And <laughs> then, yeah. And then, yeah, from, that, from, there, from there it went. Yeah. No, I just, it's just so funny how, like, we're trying to start this club up, be super social, hang out, play touch, have beer. Like, that's pretty much it, the way it started. Like, oh, we'll get watch parties. And then we're just like, oh, my God, did, did it actually work? And it was, like, the most random just occurrence. But, right. yeah, no, that was that was fun. And, and now, look, full circle. Full circle. Back in the league. <laughs> and on the yeah, podcast. Back, yeah, right, yeah, back in the league. <laughs> oh, love it. And, you know, don't want to keep you all night. You know, you got probably a big day prepping before the game and then game day coming up. So we really appreciate you coming on, man. And we'd love to keep in touch with you, have you on again to talk about how things are going and kind of see where you go, um, you know, throughout the season, after this season. And, um, yeah, it's just it's cool to see your trajectory of your career and you made that stop in Des Moines, have that connection with people around here. And I know they're interested in what you're doing and we'll definitely see you April 23rd, except Phil, he's going to be in Florida, like an idiot. Um, But a bunch of people from Iowa are going to watch you play against NOLA. So really appreciate you coming on, man. And just sharing some of your stories with us and good luck for the rest of the season, brother. um, Yeah, no, more than happy to do it. Obviously love you guys what you guys are doing and keep kicking Des Moines ass on social media. <laughs> you guys are crushing them. Keep telling them to do better. Um, I've also, I've, I fully, I fully lean in as much as I can and claim. Um, it, I, I made sure I put down Des Moines rugby club as my club on the little, you know, our little player profile. Cause I was like, I'm just, nice. I'm, I'm going to lean into it, man. We got to get, we got to get more, more Iowa guys seen and and our young players knowing they can play at, at higher levels and, mm-hmm. and there's pathways to get there and um yeah I'm excited. No, love it. Love, excited for you. Yeah, love what you're doing and yeah. love how you're carrying that with you because yeah I watched your your podcast interview with the uh, the hounds and just how one of the first things you said is they're like, Oh yeah, you had that gap. And you're like, no, I was in Des Moines. Like I was still like, doing something. Like that's the thing. Like when I read, like I was at Alex Goff or Doug Coyle, when they wrote up your, your kind of profile, like when you signed with Chicago and like, they just left out the last couple of years and you're, you're owning that. Like, no, I was at Des Moines. We were doing stuff. And yeah, we no, appreciate that. That's awesome, getting, man. Getting Iowa out there. Yeah. I was like, what? I mean, at one time, I mean, we had two, we had, 
two Eagle coaches. So it was like, it, yeah. was, it was a cool thing. And now, yeah, now I get to coach colleges as well and try to get, you know, some of these guys up to the next level. I know you guys had Sunday on and he's been going around and doing some of those things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's just the, I think we all should make a, a more conscious effort that we really want to get get guys out. Even like Mason, like Mason um, here in Chicago. Uh, yeah, from Iowa City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iowa City guy. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, big brain went and played at Dartmouth, but yeah. still, you know, <laughs> Iowa kid. <laughs> Phil looks up to him. He I wants do. to be the hooker. He is grow a mustache. <laughs> I, I have a beard and I'm bald. <laughs> close. <laughs> Yeah, close, close, close enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and you know what I just realized we're doing here, John? You're talking about Iowa, and me and Phil both are just blushing, like, oh, go on, keep talking about us. <laughs> Please. This is, this is what we love, man. Talk about Iowa more. <laughs> yeah. Just know when you yeah. do that with the MLR and you mention anything Des Moines or Iowa, every single person is just like, giddy. He's talking about me. <laughs> hey, I... I... The area where my apartment's at is not too bad. I'm, I'm about 10, 15 minutes like, from the city city. Mm-hmm. I'm out in a, in a different little neighborhood, and it's, it's just far enough where tonight was the exception because I did a late gym, and there was no damn parking. I was about to lose my mind. <laughs> I can usually park for my apartment and do that, but I was like, I would have like every time I sit in traffic in this city or I got to drive downtown to do something by the love of love of God, I avoided at all costs. (laughs) But I'm like, I've just turned into the biggest like city traffic parking hater ever. And I'm like, (laughs) my drive from Parkersburg to Cedar Falls is like triple my drive to practice. And it takes me half the time. And I was like, I have my moments. I was like, I need. I need some open country roads <laughs> and a cornfield and no traffic, and I can just park my car wherever I want, and a, and a good, good small town bar with two dollar and fifty cent beers and not not seven nine dollar PBRs. I was oh, like, listen, there's some there's some beautiful things about the state of Iowa when you jump back into one of the biggest cities in the world. <laughs> Oh, you're well on your way of being in an island right there. Yeah. yeah. When we think, like, you go to a restaurant, like, oh, I had to park a block away. Oh, that sucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, what $4 for a beer here? Oh, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's, that's great. And last question. When are you going to get on, like, Barstool Chicago? Get on one yeah, of their no podcasts? Shit, like, what are those? I keep tweeting at those guys to be, like, they always say they, like, want to do niche stuff. They, they have White Sox Dave wants to do, like, challenges against people. And I keep tweeting at him because he's responded before. I'm like, come out to the rugby field. like, And he's responded, but they never follow through. You got to work on them. I well, feel like that would be a great crowd of people who would get oh, yeah, into it. 100%. And, uh, listen, I'm going to make a huge push for that. Because if I can get them involved and backdoor myself into a Barstool rugby podcast or show, I'm, I would ride that train Till the wheels fall off. <laughs> I mean, Tracks fall off. HQ is moving to Chicago, so I mean, that's... I know they have, they're going to have a huge impact and footprint here, and I was like, listen, you guys need a, a rugby podcast. There's like seven fake Barstool rugby accounts yes. <laughs> on social media somewhere. I was like, we need a real one, but no, that would be the 
the effects that that would have like mm-hmm. throughout the sport i think would be I, I don't even i don't even know if you could put it conceptualize it like if barstool genuinely backed something that was rugby focused mm-hmm. i mean that'd be insane like yeah. espn and fox and what you know that's a whole that's their you know they're their own thing but yeah you get a, a barstool rugby following like just a barstool crowd that kind of shifts over yeah yeah i mean gosh the impact that could have on the sport here oh. in the states would be i mean it'd be incredible but no i see them post stuff i think they posted i saw them do a story one time because the the team the team grabbed it and posted their page about they just did, you know, a quick little Instagram story level shout out of going to the game. And I was like, all right, that's a start. But yeah. like, wasn't that with the Chicago Blaze or something like that? No, no, no. Oh, it, was they, no it was for our game. Yeah. No, White Sox oh. Dave said on a podcast once, have you ever been to the Chicago Blaze clubhouse? That's where the Midwest finals was. Yeah. So do you know how they have that bar in their clubhouse? And then during like certain weeknights or like during the weekends, they'll have events there and they open it as an actual bar. White Sox Dave talked about how he in college would go get drunk when the clubhouse was like at a bar. And he's like, oh, the rugby dudes are awesome. Um, I think that's what you were thinking of. But yeah, yeah, it was like right when the Hounds started, I saw on their Instagram story, they're like, we're rugby town now. And I'm like, sweet. And then it's just been radio silence. And I'm like, yep. come on, guys. Pick it's it right up. there. Pick it back up. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're counting on you. You're, you got to be the catalyst. <laughs> you got to make that happen. <laughs> I'll do my best. I'm hoping there's some boys on the team with a little more social media presence than me. But I'll, I'll do what I can. You know what? When we post this, I'll tag. I'll tag them. I'll see what happens. Yeah. There you go. I'll, Perfect. Just make sure everyone retweets it on Twitter. Twitter's our worst following. So, you know. That's where we get the interaction. We'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> I know. I feel like Twitter is like Barstool's mecca. Yes. Oh, dude, one hundred percent. Oh yeah. No, so that's what we try to copy. Pretty much when we started the Wombats, we tried to copy almost everything they did, but with our spin on it because it worked for them and it kind of worked for us. Like, just spam it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's a good playbook to follow. Oh yeah, but. Well, man, I, I feel like we just did the Midwest goodbye, too. I'm going to say <laughs> goodbye again. Otherwise, we'll, one more time. <laughs> we'll be on here for another two hours. That's how, usually how these go. If you were in person, we'd probably have a full case of beer. By I was going to say, yeah, if we were in person and had beers, this would be the longest Wombats podcast of all time. Oh, my God. Well, we had Daily on for six hours, and we had to cut it down to two. We we recorded for six hours with Tyler Daly. Can you and believe it? we got it? really drunk, and it was like a Tuesday night or something random. I had to go to work the next day. It was awful. Oh, God. <laughs> but we'll yeah, I've, I've, I've been having a bubbly, sparkling water and a protein shake while I've been sitting here, so... <laughs> I'm, back, I'm back i'm in player mode yep <laughs> it's lame <laughs> well awesome man well hey good luck this weekend yeah we'll, we'll be watching well yeah we'll definitely be in touch brother yeah looking forward to seeing you guys that i'm, I'm excited for the nola game all the boys will be out and, and the, the family's coming out for that game too so yeah. i'm excited yeah april 23rd everyone in iowa should go yeah yeah it'll be awesome all of, all of iowa actually the um some of the UNI girls and Amazon's players, former UNI players, will be there as well because they're playing a Chicago team. So we've got a big Iowa contingency coming in. That's crazy because the Wombats are playing Fox Valley. I think Des Moines is playing the Blaze. Des Moines playing the Blaze on Saturday. I'm, I'm fingers crossed our captains run times out that I can get out and watch the game. 
So I'll be, I'll probably be at Des Moines Blaze game. Just saying, Wombats play at 7 p.m. Yeah. on Saturday, too. Whatever. If you're not busy. Oh, 7 p.m.? Yeah, Mooseheart Stadium. We're in a stadium under the lights. Oh, well, yeah. Send me a, te- send me a text and the information and remind me. Because if I can see both, we'll just have a captain's run on Saturday. So nice. right, bounce around and come say hi. That'd be awesome. Sick. Awesome. Well, hey, we'll see you the weekend, April 22nd, April 23rd. And, yeah, thanks again for joining us, man. See you, guys. See ya. See ya. All right, and that was JC. I've never heard anybody call him JC. <laughs> Fun fact, so he was on a podcast for the Chicago Hounds. The, the Hounds rugby team has yeah. a podcast. And they were talking like, oh, John Cullen, newest member of the team. JC, everyone calls him JC. And I'm thinking... What? Never in my life not, have I heard someone call once, yeah. No one in Iowa I've ever heard call him JC. <laughs> uh, really appreciate him coming on though. That was that was fun. That was that was good to hear from him and yeah, get a little insight too. You know, and just hear like how things are different there and yeah, yeah. it's and again it's like neat. it's just it's fun because we've always wanted a pro team in the Midwest. Yeah. Chicago seemed like a very natural spot, and then of course the one person that we would know like ends up going there. Yeah. It's like, huh. No, it's wow. cool. And to have that connection, that's what's cool about our sport, too, is that, you know, other pro sports, you don't have that level of accessibility. Yep. But a lot of these guys who are playing in the MLR, they went through the grassroots mm-hmm. or the college, the long road trips or, you know, playing in the senior men's clubs. They they know what it's like. It's not that far removed where he was talking about college football, you know, especially with these NIL deals. I mean, there's kids in high school who are announcing on Twitter that they're transferring from one high school to another, and then guys in college basketball who have been in the transfer portal three different times, mm-hmm. they're so pampered and spoiled. We're like, rugby, you, you kind of are like, no, I had to grind this out. Yeah. I'm not making crazy money. I'm not be. I'm, I'm not getting wined and dined, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's cool to have that accessibility. Can't wait to see him play. Um, you know, we've been doing our predictions. We're not going to go through our predictions. You can follow that on our social media. We've we, been pretty we've been successful. All right. Yeah, I mean, this last one was, eh, it was rough. Yeah. We, we didn't do quite as well on that, but still. But like John said, I mean, the top four teams are the top four teams. Yeah. When they play each other, that's when it's like, eh, toss eh, it gets, up. Yeah, it gets hairy. But you know, you know, when San Diego, Seattle, Houston, and then uh, New England mm-hmm. is another one. Yeah, like those teams are just so great. So like right now, the way the standings are in the West, San Diego's six and one, Seattle's six and one, Houston five and two, Utah five and two. I mean, only three teams get in. You have four really solid clubs. Mm-hmm. And then Dallas Jackals one and six, Chicago Hounds one and six. Then in the East, New England five and two, New York four and three. Nola three and four, Rugby ATL three and four, Old Glory two and five, Toronto one and six. So the West is definitely stronger. a stronger yeah, conference by far. You know, someone's going to get left out of the playoffs who's probably better than a team in the East. But hey, that's how it works. This has been a very fun season to watch. I would just love to see Dallas, Chicago, and Toronto be. And obviously these teams, you heard it from Johnny, talks about the guys. Um, would love to see them get in more competitive. I really do believe out of those three teams I named, I think Chicago is better than those teams. I mean... I would agree with that, yeah. I just think, again, finding that continuity, finding that pace is going to be huge. So, yeah. um, 
watch all the rugby matches on the rugby network, FS1, FS2. Um, yeah, a lot of, lot of cool stuff happening. Um, yeah. Also, we have another interview of another guy from the MLR. Three interviews. I know. Oh. What a day. Oh, this uh, is going to be a long episode. <laughs> this guy, we actually played against when he was at the University of Minnesota yeah, Duluth. Yeah. And then... He's been playing some some high level rugby. He was playing with the Houston. He he's been capped with the Houston SaberCats. He also has been playing a lot of minutes with the Houston. Um, is it HTX? The basically the developmental side. Mm. He won the backline player of the year last year with them. Nice. And we've been talking about this USA Hawks developmental team. We didn't know anything about it. I reached out to Trace Bolstead, and I was just like. Hey man, uh, can you tell us what's happening? Because we're so interested and we want to know more. And he was like, yeah, no, I got you. So uh, yeah, let's hear from Trace and learn more about the USA Hawks. All right. And we are joined by Trace Bolstad. Trace, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, doing well. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining us. It's really great to have you because as we've been kind of talking about recaps of different teams, MLR, uh, national teams, the American Raptors, there's this new team that popped up, the USA Hawks, a developmental program where a lot of talent from MLR rosters are playing uh, exhibition matches against some uh, Super Rugby Americas teams and then some other uh, exhibitions against some other developmental national teams. Uh can you tell us a little bit about what the USA Hawks program is, since it is so hard to find information on this new program online? Yeah, for sure. So the, the Hawks program is basically something that um, USA Rugby put together. So Scott Lawrence is kind of the director of, um, obviously he's the interim coach right now for USA. Um, so he's kind of the director of this program as well. Brandon Keene is the head coach. And it's just an accumulation of all American talents who isn't seeing game time. So mm-hmm. one of the biggest problems in American rugby is the lack of high-level game time for American players. And as, as much as MLR is a great you know, entity and, and for those top-level players, um, just speaking from Houston side, the Christian Dyers, your Danny Barretts, um, all those guys are getting great exposure there. It's kind of the next level of, of player that's lacking the game time to develop. So... There's just a ton of guys here, including myself, that were on APCs in the MLR, um, the associate player contract. And, yeah, we're here. We're training full-time um, on UNC Charlotte's campus. And, yeah, went down to South America, played a bunch, as you kind of mentioned there, developmental sides. We played the Pampas out of the Super Rugby Americas. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, how's that? So far. How was that process getting selected? I mean, it, it seemed pretty quick. How there was like an article, I think, on March second, and then on March fourth, you guys are already playing. You know, you were you like you said, you were on those contracts with those MLR teams, and a lot of guys on developmental sides coming together and then going to North Carolina. What was that like? Getting contacted and then going out to North Carolina. What did that look like? Yeah, so I got called in by coach Heineke Meyer down in Houston and Mike Brown, the academy director down there. Um, and they just kind of put the opportunity in front of me, said this is what's happening, this is their goal, um, and would you, would you like to go to South Carolina kind of deal? 
Um, I'm still on with Houston in a, in a fashion. So if Houston needed um, kind of the emergency replacements, um, they would have the rights to call me back um, if need be. I believe we, we just lost a, a player back to Atlanta mm-hmm. um, who was out here playing with us, but they had a couple injuries. So he's back, back in Atlanta now. So they're working with MLR. Um, but yeah, I believe they just reached out to all the MLR teams said, you know, do you have any high-level American players that aren't going to maybe necessarily see game time in the near future? And would you be all right if we took them, trained them, um, and gave them some exposure? That's really cool to think of. You know, you have these guys who, uh, like you said, all-American talent. A lot of the guys have played high-level collegiate rugby, high-level senior side club rugby, and then they're on these MLR squads, but there's just you know, not enough minutes to get everybody on the field. So instead of just being there on the bench and practicing, you actually log these game minutes against other international quality players from South America. Uh, it's it's really cool to see, and it, it definitely feels like USA Rugby is trying to make a better effort to make that player pool deeper. What is your biggest goal being a part of this program? I think um, my biggest goal is, is- – partially tied into their biggest goal. Um, I want to develop as a player. Um, obviously, MLR is a, a dream a lot of rugby players have. I got to play a couple games last year, um, but it just kind of fuels your fire a bit more. Once you get a taste of it, you just kind of want more. Mm-hmm. Um, and not being kind of in those starting lineups, on those benches um, for game time, and just kind of being here, I just want to develop and really kind of hone, um, hone the skills that, you know, you train all the time in games. So the decision-making obviously is way different in a game compared to um, in training, running against, you know, pads or, or the guys you know already on your team. So I just really want to develop my, my skills in game, my decision-making, and you know, earn spots going forward in the MLR. Definitely. And how long is this program? Because it doesn't go for the whole, like, MLR season. Like, you'll still go back to Houston when this wraps up, right? Yeah, so this program, I believe the last weekend in April is our final match. Okay. Um, I think we're playing four more matches here um, coming up. So we're around about a week hiatus after we got back from South America last Saturday or Sunday. Um, and then, yeah, we had a week of training here, and, and now we're moving in. I believe we have the Brazilian Cobras coming up in a week and a half or so, something like that. Nice. That's really cool, too, again, to just think of, you know, you have these guys, reserve players, they're developing their skills, and, you know, MLR having that gauntlet of a schedule, you need depth, and it's cool that guys like you, you're able to continue to work on your craft, log those minutes, and then that way, April, May, June, you know, if they need to go, you know, injuries happen, people move around, you guys are ready to go. Talk about the experience, though, of just – you know, you're in Houston, and now all of a sudden you get to travel out of the country. You get to go see South America. What's that been like? That's been amazing. Um, I've been lucky. Rugby's kind of taken me all over the world a bit. Uh, I've played uh, over in Fiji. i played a sevens tournament a couple times. I've been to Australia for sevens. But this is my nice. first kind of real 15s tour. Um, and it, it was awesome. Um, we did it the right way. Um, being with, I think we brought 28 guys down there. Um, plus staff, you know, trainers, coaches, all that. And mm-hmm. it was just really cool, kind of eye-opening to see all the different um, the pitches down in Argentina, especially there was – the setups they have there for just their club rugby scene is a couple steps ahead of where the U.S. is, but it's hopefully somewhere that we're moving towards. 
Definitely, yeah. Hopefully with all the grassroots efforts and, and MLR and World Rugby investing in USA Rugby, hopefully we can get the United States on the similar level, if not better. And speaking of club rugby, do you play for Metropolis? Yep, so that's um, the club I came from. I haven't played for Metropolis in a couple of years now, I believe. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, that's the, the home club. I'll end up there again. I'm sure someday lacing up for them as well. Oh, yeah. And your college days, where where did you start out at? Uh, college, so I was Minnesota. Um, high school, I played Hopkins and then moved north to Minnesota Duluth to play college up there at UMB. Gotcha. Yeah, we got a lot of guys, me and, and Phil, the other the other host, we both went to UNI, and, and I think I was coach at the time, and Phil would have been playing against you guys when you guys won your national title or a couple of national titles. Um, do you still keep in contact with people over at Duluth? You know anybody still with the program? Um, I know the coaches for sure. So I believe there's kind of a, a passing of the tor- of the torch from uh, Jeremy Kachuba down to Taylor Snow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know program's still in good hands. I don't know too many of the players anymore on there. Um, the guys that were just coming in when I left are now um, all out of there as far as I know. So oh, yeah, don't know many players, but I try to make it back for alumni weekends and, and – banquet weekend stuff like that when I can oh yeah always got to go back for alumni weekend but is it sad that they switched from weren't you guys the fighting penguins and then you actually took on the the Duluth Bulldogs was that a a sad time because that was one of the coolest mascots I feel like out there or fighting you know penguins I mean you you don't see that and it kind of seemed like you guys really owned that identity and then got you know sponsored by the school which seems cool but Man, what a what an awesome logo that kind of got lost in time. Yeah, it was, um, like you kind of said, it was a little bit iconic. It was fun. Uh, but I was actually one of the leaders um, on the team when that name change happened. Uh, and just speaking with the school and the resources they were willing to provide, mm-hmm. it was kind of the next step to, as we kind of touched on earlier, kind of that next step of professionalism oh, or yeah. – um, varsity status so it, it seemed like the right thing to do the penguins are you know special we still our alumni are still the the fighting penguins whenever you're done playing for the bulldogs you're you're a penguin so oh that's awesome you still it, yeah we tried to keep it alive but that, that's um, yeah, cool. Dogs, you, I think was the right you keep that going for the guys because, yeah, like I said, that was so cool. But, no, that makes sense, especially as we, you know, in the in the club scene, in the grassroots, like trying to get away from the, the really old boy way of doing things that isn't very sponsorship friendly as we try to grow this sport. Um, that's why it, it's cool to see USA Rugby and, and what the Hawks are doing to try to grow it um, in so many different ways in MLR. Um Going back to MLR, though, you know, you, you talked about you had some experiences with Houston playing some minutes for them. Um, you'll be coming back after working with the Hawks. What are what are some goals for for you with the Houston team? Um, for me personally, with the Houston team, it's just to be ready when the number's called kind of thing. Um, obviously, being here meant that I was kind of down the depth chart a little bit. They mm-hmm. have, you know, some phenomenal players with – you know, Christian Dyer in the centers and um, Lawrence Damakina, all these guys. Um, but as we know, rugby can be brutal at some points, um, and we, we don't hope that for anybody. But if the number is called, just be ready and step in for whoever may be going down. Definitely, because I thought I saw, too, that you earned the award for the back of the year for the HTX program a year ago or two years ago. 
Um, yeah, I think that was in the spring last year, fall last year. We had kind of a combined season, um, spring, fall, not, yeah, so two falls ago, I guess now, in, in the previous spring. Gotcha. And so back to the Hawks program, you know, this is cool. It popped up. It seems very quick, like it's it's already going to be over here in the next month. Are they going to continue doing this with, uh, like, quarterly or – couple times a year do you have any idea what it's going to look like moving forward i really haven't been looped into um, any plans that they have i know that i, be- I believe i shouldn't say i know i said I, I believe their goal is to have this team um be a recurring team but mm-hmm. how often it recurs i'm not completely sure on gotcha basically they just called your number and you're like yep i'm there and i'm, I'm down for the ride yeah exactly Nice. Well, awesome. So where where's the next match? You said it's going to be in the States? Yep. So the rest of our matches will be in Charlotte. Um, and I believe the next one's against the Brazilian Cobras. So another Super Rugby Americas team coming up here. I believe they play the Raptors first mm-hmm. and then come across to Charlotte and, and give us a shot. So nice. And, fun. and, you know, looking at some of the score lines, I mean, it's it's been tough. You, you take a team – like you guys, a bunch of people from a bunch of different programs, um, young players. Has it has it been kind of what am I looking for? The continuity. Are you guys growing as a team? Like, does it feel like things are kind of clicking? Because again, those it, it seemed pretty fast how everything was, and you're going like, hey, first competition, we're playing some Super Rugby Americas teams that have got their stuff together. Does it feel like things are gelling together and and? Like, you guys are ready for the people to come up to the States and host them? Yeah, it's for sure um, been a learning curve. Uh, you've seen the scores kind of pop up here and there, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Um, it hasn't been the greatest score lines, but there's been a lot of learning. Um, mm-hmm. Brandon Keene's been doing a great job, our head coach, of emphasizing that this is kind of a lot of our first times getting exposure at this level. Mm-hmm. And as you kind of mentioned, they've been training together for three, four months, and we had a week and a half, two weeks before we went on tour. So. Right. And you have some international starters you're playing against while a lot of you guys are, you know, reserves for MLR. So, I mean, that's the thing. You're you're getting that experience against world-class talent where if this didn't exist, you'd just be getting those practice reps. So, I mean, this seems like a huge opportunity for just, like I said earlier, like just deepening that player pool for the national roster. And like you said, getting guys that look that you normally wouldn't have um, especially at this time, is you know, is that something where the coaches are kind of giving you guys some some timelines of like what to look for in the future or like development wise, like what they want to see out of you guys by the end of this tour? Yeah, there's been a ton of goal setting, a ton of individual meetings. That's been a large portion of what we've done is uh, meeting with your position coaches or set piece coaches if you're a forward and really going over, you know, hey, here's what you did well, here's what needs to improve to kind of hit that next standard. Um, I think I can kind of speak for the whole team that the the fitness level of the South American teams we played was a bit different than we were used to. Mm -hmm. Um, So coming back, we're now hitting that pretty hard. And and like I said, we're just kind of learning from – all the experiences we're gathering around here nice and how do people watch the next match like is is there a partnership with anyone or if someone wants to get more information about the hawks and and see what's going on do you is there a place people can go 
That is a great question. I haven't seen anything on streaming or anything along those lines um, for our matches. And the information that's out there is all that I really know that's available at this time. Gotcha. Yeah, because that was the thing. Like we've been we've been trying to look extremely hard for information on this club because it it really interests us because it really is it one of those things where people get disappointed from a fan perspective with USA Rugby is a lot of people don't see all the ins and outs and they just feel like they don't know what USA Rugby is doing to try to make the player pool stronger. And so to see this pop up seems like a really good investment and uh, a really good project that they're doing. So, yeah, trying to get any information is uh, important to us. So, yeah, really appreciate you coming on to to kind of fill us in on what this is and what that experience is like. And is there anything else you want people to know about this program or just in general with USA Rugby, the U.S. Hawks, or uh, anything else we should know as just kind of casual fans, grassroots fans, club players, anything you want us to know? No, um, I, I think this is a good team, a good opportunity, and I think it's really moving the correct direction for American players. Um, so I think getting a, a bunch of us here, and, and the majority of us are a lot younger than I am, uh, majority are 23 and under, getting those players, um, the exposure at the international levels that we are right now is, is going to be awesome going forward. Definitely, yeah. I think American rugby, everybody's going to benefit from this. And I think, too, I really hope to see in May we see some of you guys in those starting lineups for MLR really making a difference as that stretch in the midseason as as rosters get thinner and thinner. I, I just really see you guys coming up and, and making a difference because of this experience. So, again, thank you for coming on, and, and good luck the rest of the way, and we'll be keeping our eye on it. And, um, you know, maybe if something happens, we'll reach back out to you and, and see how things are going. Sounds perfect. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Have a good one. Thanks. All right, that was Trace Bolstad. Yeah, really cool interview cool to learn about mm-hmm. the Hawks. Yeah. Um, Dude, speaking of the Hawks, too, Ani scored a try with the uh, Hawks. Yeah, Ani Mateo. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking, like, want to see him get some minutes for Nola. He wasn't getting those yet because I I heard they there was something about international players and yeah just, it's it's sticky yeah um, some of that stuff so they put him on the Hawks and he had a beautiful try yeah that was cool dude yeah awesome to see him I would love to have him on the program we've been trying to get him on for a while just can't line things up and now that he's you know playing in these matches it's it's been a little harder yeah, so hopefully difficult. we're gonna we're gonna get him on soon oh for yeah sure. for sure definitely and so. Really cool stuff there. Uh, would love to see some, you know, more Iowa guys get involved in that as well. Speaking of Iowa stuff, uh, Iowa high school boys season is underway. The Iowa high school sevens. We got two weeks down. You know, there's action tonight. I know there's games in Altoona. Um, yeah, Altoona trying to think course. of where. 1A, most of the 1A boys playing. So we got Altoona, we got Bondurant, and we've got Crestwood. Oh, good old Cresco. Yeah, that's a long drive for the teams going there. Trust me. That's my neck of the woods. Tom Tom McClyman's been complaining about it to me all week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, No, I'm not kidding. He he was complaining, but 
they're going to make the drive. But no, we're two weeks into the season, and we're starting to see the league take shape. A lot of fun stuff here. Uh, right now, Ankeny, Southeast Polk Valley, and Waverly in 2A are undefeated at 4-0. Here's something that's cool. After tonight, only two teams will be undefeated. Yeah. Valley and Southeast Polk play. Waverly and Ankeny play. Ooh. Ankeny also has another difficult matchup with Cedar Falls, who's 3-1. and now those five teams, you know, four of them are four and zero. Cedar Falls is three and one with their only loss to Waverly. That was a close match too. I mean, I feel like th- this group of five is very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Then you have Fort Dodge, who's two and two. They had a loss to Urbandale in week one. In week two, they lost to Southeast Polk seventeen to ten, and their best player was down in Florida playing in the Tropical mm-hmm. City Sevens with Rebel Rugby. Tom has got those boys on a good trajectory. Like, they're 2-2. Two two. Uh, they're going to keep improving. They're going to keep winning. They play with a chip on their shoulder. They play a very physical game. I know Joe Lippert's helping them out. Corey Peterman is another assistant coach. Uh, they got some good stuff going on there. Fort Dodge is always a gritty team. Cedar Rapids, Washington is also 2-2, two two, a very young team. Uh, they're getting some stuff together. Urbandale, Lincoln, Roosevelt, and Clinton – and Ames, Clinton and Ames, brand new. Uh, that group of one, two, three, four, five teams, they're all one and three. And then East, Des Moines East and Iowa City are both 0 and 4, trying to find their footing. Uh, Des Moines East has played some very tough matches to start yeah. the year. I know Valley, we played them, and it was 24 to 7. Mm-hmm. It was a very close match. Like They played a very physical. So I, I expect them to get some wins on the board. But yeah, uh, two weeks in. Two A's taking shape, you know, you're looking at the top eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And, you know, Urbandale's that eighth team. Lincoln, Roosevelt, Clinton, Ames right on their heels. Very interesting stuff. Then in class 1A, Bondurant and Denver are both 4-0. The returning state champion, Columbus Catholic, is 3-1. Their one loss is to Waverly, 7-5. I know, this is a wild score. Yeah, I, I need to watch that game because yeah. it just it sounds interesting. And then yeah. Crestwood one and three, Norwalk one and three, Central Springs one and three, Indianola zero oh and four. Hmm. Some great rugby, but again, you look at those standings. A lot of those clubs they play the two A teams, um, so it's not like they're just playing each other. Yeah. So sometimes that's misleading because I know Central Springs they're they're one and three, but when Valley played them, I mean they hit hard. That match, I think, was 7-0 at halftime or 14-7. It, it was a one-score game at halftime, and the final was 21-7 or 21-5. So, uh, just it's two weeks in, and I feel yeah. like the level of play is already much higher than last year, and last year was the best we've seen. Yeah. So, again, high school boys, we're going to keep an eye on this. Obviously, uh, you know, I'm helping with Valley. And I help when I can. <laughs> Phil helps when he can. Uh, you know, we're excited. There's going to be mm-hmm. some great rugby that's coming up. Yeah, uh, next few weeks should be good. Again, next Sunday in Bondurant, go to the tryout if you're a high school boy. Uh, just just do it. If you're on the fence, coaches, please share that information. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, $20. That's nothing. Get the experience. Yeah, it's mid-season, but it's going to make you better. Exactly. Um, you might learn a few things. Yeah, which is awesome. Learning is great. Knowledge is power, you know. Uh, the next thing, speaking of sevens, P 
PR7s, Premier Rugby 7s, they announced, hey, we have a huge, they announced they had an announcement. What is the announcement? PR7s is going to be on TV. Nice. It's going to be on the CBS Sports Network and FS1. So on June 17th in Austin, Texas, the one that the mm. selects are going to go to, the Ooh. Iowa selects, it's going to be on CBS Sports. Nice. June 24th, it's going to be on Tubi, Tubi. Live. Tubi, all right. And then on FS1, they're going to re-air it. On July 15th, CBS Sports Network. July 23rd, CBS Sports Network. August 6th, the championship in Washington, D.C. on FS1. So get to those watch parties when you go to a bar. Say, hey, can you put that on the TV? And then people are going to be like, what's this? And Sevens is going to get people hooked. Bright colors. You know, Ethan Pune was talking about a couple weeks ago, or I guess a month ago. uh, It's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) One episode ago. (laughs) He was talking about some of the cool things PR7s is doing. This right here, being on TV, is going to help the game explode. Mm -hmm. The fast pace, the bright colors. It's going to be great. Love it. Uh, Let's get some watch parties. Let's make it happen. One of those dates is uh, alumni weekend for you and I. Or, and uh, my daughter's and birthday. Murphy's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Murphy's birthday. Yeah. So <laughs> I probably won't watch that one. Uh, you know. Well, hey, we'll talk. Um, yeah. Actually, Lex isn't listening. You know. <laughs> Again, I'll see if I can get away for the night. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Shut <laughs> up. Gee whiz. I'll just, I'll just. You text me. I'll screenshot it and I'll send it to Lex with a question mark, like John did his wife. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that won't go over well for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, so watch PR7s on TV. It's going to be awesome. Grow the game. Um, All Iowa, it was announced that it's going to be May 6th in Iowa Falls for 15s. Entry fee is $400. You must pay by Thursday, May 4th. There will be no walk-up entries taken on Saturday a.m. Best and easiest way for payment is through Venmo. To enter, contact Jim Galip. Gillespie, Gillespie at camspray.com or 641-373-1795. Captain's meeting at 8 a.m. on Saturday. Matches start at 8.30. Bracket pairings drawn out of a hat. Oh. All players must be registered in Rugby Explorer. Camping is available in designated areas. That is all the information from the Iowa Rugby Union. Doesn't sound like there's sevens. Um, you know, I know in the past... Couple years, it's mm. been tough to get teams, especially since COVID. Dude, and Sundays, dude, for sevens is tough. Well, I'm just talking in general. Oh, in general, for 15s. yeah, yeah. I last mean, year was rough. Eight teams were represented in, or eight clubs were represented in six teams. Mm. Um, so hopefully, we see a bounce back there. That would be cool. And then also, at, they, aren't they going to announce uh, rugby hall of fame there? Yeah. Well, I mean, the rugby hall of fame's already been announced. announced. But I mean, like, don't they do the uh, induction? Pre- induction. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have. This year's class, congratulations to this year's class. Awesome to see Jenny Jaspers. She was from Iowa State. Dean Hahn, he was from Muddy River. And Megan Flanagan, who's with the University of Northern Iowa. Friend of the program. Friend of the program. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to try to get in touch with them or people who nominated them, get their stories. Um, because I, I know say one of them is going to be real hard to get a hold of. Yeah, because we know <laughs> Megan's story, but you may not know Jenny or Dean's story. Um, I had to text, you know, Kelsey McDowell to say like, "Hey, where where are these people from?" And she had to tell me Iowa State and Muddy River. Like I didn't know that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what this is about. We want to learn the history of our state, 
And obviously these two had a huge impact, but a lot of young players might not know what that impact was. The best place to hear it is at All Iowa, to hear the induction ceremony, to meet them in person, um, just to hear them speak and how they impacted the game. So It wasn't the um, Quad City 1986 or 84 team that was inducted as well? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the... I'm pulling it up right here. Quad City Irish Men's 1986 Sevens team was inducted. I said, but that was a squad. I mean, look at him. Like, the dude on the far left looks like he's pulled out of 1886. Like, look at that mustache. (laughs) Like... This is that's a yeah, for a sevens team. Those are a bunch of beefcakes. <laughs> yeah, those those are some thick necks. Like, yeah. no, it's awesome. So, it's great to see celebrate rugby in our state. You know, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. That that's I, I like to see it. You know, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, wombats have a match this week against the Sioux Fall Crow. Yeah, those will be a fun one too. Yeah, first actual spring match of the season. So. I know. Oh yeah, I didn't even say like. I'm probably not playing yeah, this spring or summer at all. I'm yeah. on the injured reserve. The injured reserve. Yeah, thanks a lot. Now I get to prop. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, no, the, the sports hernia down in Nashville. Yeah, yeah got to get that checked out. So it hurts. I'm sure it does. <laughs> My CrossFit career is on pause right now. Ugh. What are you going to do now? Just talk about CrossFit. <laughs> no, you want to know what I ate for dinner today? Because what? I can't work out. A salad. Whoa. Yeah. How was that? I mean, I, I, I do it more often than you would think. I even took a picture of it to, to be like, whoa. Uh, you have photo evidence? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show Actually, and then I have one from, this is actually from the other day. You can see, like, that's that's pretty green. You got uh, hard-boiled egg, chicken, carrots, cucumber, a little bit of bacon in there. And then a lot of leafy greens. And then, okay, okay, some fried onion, whatever. <laughs> but also real onion. It does look tasty. Yeah, I'll that's a taste. And just a drizzle, a light drizzle. And then I tossed my own salad um, <laughs> in honey mustard. What? What's so funny? Nothing. You know I love to toss a salad. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're back, baby. Yeah, we're we back. Are. And also, too, cool. uh, programming note. Uh, we are going to stick to one episode a week, probably until summer, because we are in our spring season. Yep. And then in summer, when I don't have school and... Um, oh, so it's when it's nice and easy for you, but i got to work a lot of hours. So, Phil... Selfish. Listen. Selfish. Okay, Phil, listen to me. Okay, I'm listening. I do all the editing. <laughs> I know you do. Oh, man. <laughs> so this is... <laughs> I you do, do like ninety percent of the work. Whatever. Yeah, maybe ninety five percent. I love too how I just made that plan on the spot without talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> also, too, this is funny. This reminds me. I really do think people thought we like hated each other in Nashville because we were together so much, and you know, kind of like from "It's Always Sunny." I sent you that clip where D <laughs> with the bathrooms and yep. D has an sweet D has an idea, and then everyone looks at her and they're like, "Shut the." Fuck up. Like, you, up. and I feel like it's funny. You get the it's always sunny in Philadelphia humor. We yes. watched we watched it together when I the, send you clips all yeah. the time and vice versa. <laughs> so I feel like that's what I try to do to you sometimes for comedy is like like shut up, Phil. Like I want to hear what you have to Dude. say. But it's funny to say, but like in Nashville with people that didn't know us, and I noticed you do this thing with your lips that you do and you start doing it more. <laughs> and I would just turn and like scream at you, and then people would be like, Yeah. <laughs> 
shut the fuck up, Phil. <laughs> that's like uh, FDR, oh, American yeah, badass. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Einstein. Shut the fuck up, Einstein. <laughs> like that's funny, and then Dude, people uh, would be like, "Are you? Do you? In, are you and Phil in a fight?" And I'm like. No, it's, no. <laughs> it's humor. <laughs> I think my favorite thing, though, from that, because, like, Ridgeway also loves Always Sunny in Philly, and I, it's been stuck in my head since Nashville is literally, is that piss? <laughs> <laughs> when D throws the, the jar the of piss, piss out, out the window. It's back in the face. Every situation. Because there's a mystery. An Iowa City player... James Gaddy. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not going to bring this up. I'm also like 60% positive that was me, but I'm not 100%. Okay. Something was wet in our hotel room. So we we, we quoted, is that piss? <laughs> and it might have been, and we it don't know who's. We don't know who's. Um, there was like 12 people in the room. So Yeah, it could have been anybody. Well, and also too, we had wet clothes from, yeah, it, the joke is like, oh, was it pee? Obviously, we said it was a thunderstorm. All of our clothes were wet. Like, it was just wet clothes. It was wet. <laughs> Even though James wasn't involved in the thunderstorm portion, so it didn't make sense why his clothes were wet. Wait, he wasn't? No. Oh, we met up with him we later. We met up with him later. Yeah, he never got wet. He didn't eat burgers with us? No. I don't think so. Did I he? Thought, yeah, he did. I don't know. I was really drunk that night. No, he ate burgers with us. He was with us that... Yeah, he was. Is he... he was, wasn't yeah, he? he? was. He in our hotel, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why his bag was in our room. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I said, I was drunk. Nashville's fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I think this was a good episode. I feel like this was like, you know, like TV shows have like a mid-season finale and then they have a mid-season premiere. Like they, they do their first half of the season, they take a break and they come back. Yeah. This is our, our so mid-season return. Like I feel like this is like the kickoff to the second half of our Sorry, season. This is our Netflix series part two that we made you wait two months for. Yes. Not actually. But, but really that's what was, they do on the yeah on the show. It was yeah. three weeks. But yeah, whatever. we'll probably cut it into thirds, you know? We'll probably do this again probably before the fall season. Yeah. Take a little break. Yeah. Or we'll just see until we burn out again. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It'll be we can good. do whatever we want. Uh yeah. <laughs> Say it. Say the line. It's our show. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, oh, frick, I was going to say something else cool, but I forgot what I was going to say, because um, we're, uh, oh yeah, this is, we're back. We're back. How's it feel? Good, you? 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 Fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh legs. Oh,